Hello and welcome to or back to the Fun Filtered Podcast. I am Sam and as ever, in a way, I'm joined by Jordan. Oh, it's, all, it's already routine, is it? Yeah. The absence of Eddie is already... Well, I'm joined as, joined as ever by you. That, well, that's that true. part is true. Yes. I'm joined not as ever, not by Eddie. He won't be here for this podcast. Possibly this the episode. Next, yeah, possibly Did, in the next one as Is well. a podcast a single item of a podcast? I think it's... Um, they're interchangeable. Okay, they are interchangeable. Yeah. So we are doing a podcast... Yes. Now. And this is a podcast. This, this episode is a podcast. This episode is a podcast. And it's one of part of... Uh, yeah. We need to sort that out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. We're going to take it upon ourselves to write the, the well, proper dictionary of podcasting. Yeah. Oh, this is the Wild West. I mean, there's no... Um, yeah, that's a, are you a podcaster? If you do a podcast, are you a podcaster? You're a podcaster, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's really calls for confusion, except, you know, for like a millisecond when somebody says... I listened to this podcast and I have to determine whether they've listened to every episode or whether they've just listened to one episode of something. Right, okay. I heard this podcast. Okay, do you, is that a regular... Do you regularly listen to this podcast? Mm. So maybe we should... A pod bit. A pod bit. A pod bite. Is that B-Y-T-E? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Pod bite. A pod bite. So this pod bite, Eddie's not with us. No. Nor potentially will he... He won't be with us for the next pod bite. He won't well. be with us for the next one. He's still yeah. feeling a little under the weather. Yes. Yeah. But it will be for the one after that. Yes. Yeah. That's the plan. Okay. Okay. Do you know who else is feeling under the weather? Who? Chadwick Boseman. Well, that's, he's feeling under the ground. Yes, he is. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't think he's feeling under the weather anymore. Well, he's not. Blessedly. He's not well, is he? Well, he's not anything. He's not in good health at the moment. <laughs> no, he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. How do we feel about that? Oh, that's an interesting question. Putting I your mean, It's sad. Button. I was going to say, putting your Marvel yeah. bias aside, because I mean, it is, you know... <laughs> it doesn't extend that far. A man is dead. This yeah. is sad. Of course. Genuinely, this is, uh, yeah, this is a sad thing. A young man. A young man is dead, yeah. Uh, taken before his time. Mm-hmm. Um, Never understood that. He was taken precisely at his time. I suppose. I know, I, let's, you know. <laughs> I don't want to get into a massive thing about it. Okay. I know, um, I know what it's meant to convey. Yes, but is it fair to say that were this man not... Um, part of the Marvel machine he wouldn't have got as big a there wouldn't have been as big a response to his death oh no of course yeah I don't think it's because he was affiliated with Marvel as much as the Marvel films are as big as they are therefore he was as known as he was Mm. I don't think many people are as familiar with the other projects with which he was involved no um, well, I haven't seen that much of him. That, to be honest. What was the film? Twenty One Bridges, which he did with. Oh yeah, um, that was after like, everything. That yeah, was that was after everything. Yeah. He was starring in that. Mm-hmm. He had the, the what are the what are the brothers called? Russo brothers. The Russo brothers. They yeah. directed it. Did they? Yeah. Okay. It was even marketed as like from the brothers who gave you Avengers Endgame. So right. they they were putting all of that into okay. marketing. Did okay. that even make any money? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that was like, oh shit, Chadwick Boseman. Oh shit, the guys who did Endgame. Mm. And then it was like, oh, I, that, I guess that came out at some point. <laughs> well, he did, prior to Marvel, he was in Get On Up, which mm. is the James Brown biopic, playing James Brown. And he played Jackie Robinson in, I think it was called 42. I think mm. that was the name of the film. I hadn't seen 42. I'd seen Get On Up. He's all right in it. Yeah, he never got, I mean, we're just being frank. It's not, like, it is obviously very sad that he has died. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I'm not going to lie and say that I feel like an, an immense talent was... Maybe. I know I hadn't seen it yet. Though. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Like A lot of people would say that Black Panther was his yeah. 
magnum opus. Um, yeah. And I suppose in terms of reception, it, it is. Probably it's the best film he was in, whether yeah. it's the best he's been in a film. Isn't yeah, it? exactly. He didn't have his uh, Joker in the Dark Knight performance, did he? He didn't no. have like a, you know, a pivotal central, like this is yeah. this is a talent. You I know? suppose some people would say Get On Up was his version of that. Okay. A real person, you know, that sort mm. of thing. But no, yeah, he never, he never did that performance to convince me okay. of his talent and that's the true achievement that's the thing that every actor should aspire to it's this is the performance that impresses Sam oh no but you know you know what I mean like I think that would be true of a lot of people if they were being honest mm. like yeah he was alright yeah yeah he was fine <laughs> but he's not you know, You wouldn't list him among the greatest working actors would you well I'm sure some people would well those people are idiots aren't they well, well there you go then those, pe- <laughs> those people are people who are just Marvel fanboys yeah you know yeah um this feels terrible. It's just like <laughs> yeah. kind of, it's not exactly trampling on his grave. It's more just walking on eggshells on his grave. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's just sort of like, yeah, he's dead, but he wasn't that great. But so what? <laughs> <laughs> well, you pointed out something interesting because I still haven't seen The Five Bloods, mm. uh, but that will probably have been his last film, right? I think so. Yeah, maybe not the first last one he made, but the last one he'll appear in, unless they Disney do some you know CG trickery in Black Panther two. I don't think they start filming, do they? Or Black Panther 2. Yeah. No, that's my point. Like, if they, dig- oh, they digitize right, him for that. Okay. Um, or at least just as so long that they can... Just long enough for them to be able to write the character out of the film rather than all of a sudden, oh, Black Panther's missing. Like doing a, a Livia Soprano sort of thing. Yeah, or a Carrie Fisher's probably a better example. Yeah. Um, I don't think they'll do it for um, Chadwick Boseman. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? Because yeah. Black Panther is a big deal. Yeah. It's an incredibly big deal. Well, it's the next civil rights. It's charting the next civil rights. You, well, yes, of course, yeah. Um, I mean, we, we, we say that flippantly. Yeah. Like, it, a lot of people are... Oh, yeah, people genuinely have believe been it's... positively affected by that. It's so. the best thing for black people since Martin Luther King. Yeah, but that's the thing. In that respect, we can't deny it, can we? Because well, people can. are... Well, okay. I suppose you can. <laughs> My point was well, going to be like... we can't deny people actually believe that. Yeah, exactly. Yes. A lot of people yeah. do feel positively affected by that film. And right. That film has done good for them. And in okay. that respect, yeah, I'm not going to take that away from them. I'm just going to say okay. that from where I'm sitting... Yeah. Um, yeah, you, it need, didn't be, seem you to... need better heroes. <laughs> it didn't seem to do much, uh, you know... Yeah. Didn't seem to do much. Um, it's got a lot of Africa in it, as far as I can see. Yeah, that's the that's the appeal of it, isn't it? Yeah, rhinos. There were rhinos at one there point. There were rhinos. Everybody um, liked the rhinos. That's why they <laughs> they didn't show up again. It's interesting in a way, isn't it? Because you know, I'm sure there's there have been thousands of essays written about the impact of Black Panther and what it means for Pan Africanism and all yeah. that. Yeah. As far as I see it, oh, I mean, it's a superhero movie, right? But. Oh, the the most in the most traditional sense. Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah. It is a superhero movie with African wallpaper. It's production design. Yeah, yeah, is the thing that makes it what it is. And I guess just its depiction of an African state that is advanced. Yes, but that is science fiction. Like it's not like oh, yeah, finally Africa's getting the representation that it always deserved. Yeah, it's like this is a fantasy. This, you know, I understand what you, where you're coming from. Yeah, well, it is, but it's also. Um, they still decide by, you know, death by fight or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. They, that kind of they've tribal battle traditions. to, you know, elect their president or yeah. their king or whatever it is. But, they're, you know, they're basically the most advanced nation on earth, aren't they? Yeah. No yeah. one even knows about them. Yeah, things. because they found a thing. They found, they found a, like, a power, a, a metal. Yeah, they, they, they're not even, um, didn't even pull themselves up by the bootstraps. They're like, <laughs> isn't it literally like an asteroid or something? With it, in yeah, yeah, a piece, a, a piece of indestructible metal fell yeah. like near Af- in Africa. It's lucky. 
handouts. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, like there's there's gold and diamond and all sorts in Africa, yeah. like modern day Africa, yes. and that's not you know the most advanced civilization. No, it, I mean it is the thing that basically props up their entire economy. Yeah, uh, but yeah, you know, to what end? <laughs> yeah, I, I I know where they're coming from, but it it does feel like it's not sufficient. It's not good enough. Like, yeah, you know, yay, we're getting this finally, but it's not reflective of anything. No, and and as someone who, like as consumers of film, you're yeah. looking at that film and going, well, this is just like any other superhero. Yeah. It would have more weight to it if it was idiosyncratic at least from the Marvel films it's like oh Marvel never made a film like this before yeah whereas it's just oh Marvel has never used this iconography before yeah I mean it, it has an epicness about it because it's dealing in kings and and that sort of thing yeah and I do like the story of Killmonger as the villain right well no I mean Killmonger was he the first was he where Marvel villains started to turn around Maybe for a lot of people, because Killmonger is often cited. Obviously, Thanos is heavily cited as like yeah. he's the he is the Marvel villain. Vulture, I suppose. Vulture for me, at least. Yeah, Vulture yeah. was the turnaround, and I think uh, what's her name from Ragnarok. Yeah, Kate she, she was character. the massive presence, but yeah. she was a fun villain. Yeah. Whereas villains prior to that hadn't even been fun, you know. Yeah. And Loki, everyone will say Loki, but Loki was sort of the exception in the beginning. Yeah, as far as the MCU goes, Killmonger is probably the best villain. Maybe, uh, maybe Thanos. I, 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 okay. I know, I know where you're coming from. Yeah, Thanos is better in terms of his impact. Yeah, and you know he is the villain of that franchise. Yes, but in terms of interesting character, I would say Killmonger is. Well, Thanos is interesting. Not really. He, he is. He the... has. He has his motivation. Yeah, that's not. You know, um, it's not black and white. Yeah, well, it kind of is. Well, it, it's it's interesting how because Killmonger, yes, he is an interesting villain and he yeah. has interesting motivations, yeah. and you do well. He has a good, he has a point. Fundamentally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There is that as well. But he is still playing. The film still treats him like it treats any other villain. Yeah. Whereas in Infinity War, it was genuinely Thanos's story. I think he has um, the most screen time in does that he? film. Yeah. Okay. Like the film is sort of it's not in support of Thanos. Yeah. But Thanos gets. He's sort of in that um, protagonist role a little bit. Mm. Like, he's the one who's actually doing all the things. Everyone else is, is just kind of reacting yeah, to Thanos. Yeah, yeah, That's That's fair enough. Um, and suppose, he wins as well, crucially. He wins in the... Well, which yeah. I don't think has ever really happened before in but Marvel. We all know it's a temporary win, though, don't we? That's, that's, that's the thing. Right. Like, you know, a lot of people would be like, oh, yeah, you know, they're obviously not going to kill off Black Panther and, you know... Well, they have. Well, don't be like that. <laughs> Reality <laughs> did. They didn't do it, though, yeah, did they? no. Uh, but obviously they're not going to kill Cancer off. did. They're not going <laughs> to kill off all of these people. Yeah. Um, but it was still like, you know, it was like, oh, okay. I still didn't think Disney would even go this far. No, I know. But you're, it's just that that's from set expectations. Yeah, exactly. They they set the bar so low. Okay. It wasn't like in, in, in the broadest, in the broader <laughs> scope of okay. cinema. Yeah. It's not, it's nothing revolutionary. It's nothing like amazing, is it? It's just, oh, they did that briefly. No, but on that scale, maybe. Yeah, but th- that's the thing. It's only because the bar is down here. Okay. And they just did a thing that slightly surmounted it. Right. Which was, oh, you subverted my expectations. Yeah. But yeah, anyone sensible knew that it wasn't a permanent development. Yes. So I see what you're saying, like Thanos. But t- his motivation, um, you know, he wants to, like, halve the population of the universe. Yeah. Right? <sighs> you know, pretty, you don't, you don't get bigger than that. 
really and like the villain scale well the film afterwards was like oh I'm going to destroy the entire universe yeah um, and you know cosmically you, you can't kind of you can't get bigger than that but yeah I think as, as a cat from a character perspective it's like Thanos is he displays some shades but it's like uh, you know he's a villain mm. you know he's he's the the typical galactic yeah bastard um, whereas I think Killmonger I think that's the best performance they've had for a villain yeah I would probably agree with you there um, I just love that idea of, of a kid being exiled uh, even though it's kind of uh, it's got well more than a whiff of identity stuff thrown in there oh yeah I do like the idea that as far as I remember it isn't like Los Angeles street the Compton street culture isn't that like uh, um, engineered to some extent in Black Panther oh is it isn't the idea that it's been engineered I don't remember that or that it's somehow connected to Wakanda or I I well they've got sleeper agents there obviously haven't they yeah they've got sleeper agents in LA yeah because no I think the I, I it could well be engineered. I, yeah. d- I think the idea was just, you know, Wakanda is hiding itself from the rest of the world. When real, when real yeah, suffering. Yeah, okay. there's real suffering okay. amongst, you know, your fellow man and you're doing nothing about it, Wakanda. Okay, that's the thing. I could be just misremembering that. Okay. Because it's the kind of conceptual thing I, you know. Yeah. Oh, it's been, it's the white, you know, something like that. Mm. Um, no, I, yeah, I just remember Sterling K. Brown being like a Los Angeles, like, crip or blood okay. or whatever. And then all of a sudden he's speaking in the Wakandan. Yes. I like that. I was like, ooh, that's kind of interesting. The idea that they're planted yeah, yeah. sort of all over the world. The diaspora, I suppose. Okay. <laughs> it's just one of those moments where, you, do you know what that word means? No. no. <laughs> diaspora is just a group of people that move from one place to another. Okay. All right. Um, what the hell point were we making? I don't know. I think, I think this sort of spiraled off from Black Panther is kind of too big for them to just all of a sudden Chadwick Boseman isn't in it anymore right but also I think a lot of people whether you like Black Panther or not mm. I think it would be seen as disrespectful yeah I, I to think, CG him back into the film and I would agree with that yeah it would be disrespectful so what do you do I mean Carrie Fisher it was a young they would have had to do that anyway really well the young version of her yeah. but the older version of her which is you know She's not in the film a bunch, but she is like in that main cast, I think, for that film. Oh yeah, they, they did an old version as well, didn't they? Yeah. Well, they, um, they used old footage from The Force Awakens yeah. and like covered, paste, paste over the gaps with... Yes. I mean, I don't, I don't know why it feels less respectful to do it with Bozeman, but it does. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't see them doing that. I think just because... Um, a, because of like the impact that he had for a lot of people, but also... Um, I think they were setting Black Panther up to be a major player in the second chapter of Marvel. Wave, yeah. Yeah. So to sort of like continue with that plan, yeah, it feels like, oh, this feels like corporate and, and cynical and like yeah. you're, you're profiting off a dead man, you know? Well, are they going to even continue? Well, they can't. They scrap the That's film. the thing. They can't not continue, can they? Black Panther was too big. Yeah. Sorry, I hit the table. You did do that. Yeah, and from a, from a monetary perspective, they absolutely have to make it. How? I mean, I presume it's going to be, oh, it's just passed on. Mm. It's pa- you know, the king has died. Well, they, they the did king. that in the first... Uh, in Civil War, wasn't it? His father was killed. His yeah. father was Black Panther, and then he was killed yeah. in, the, in the bombing. Yeah. And then Bozeman became him. Yeah. Yeah, he'll just have died, I think. Okay. They'll have, him have died, and someone else will take over the mantle. Okay. They have to, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, they I don't think they can get rid of that character. Because it, that's it, the thing, yeah. I don't know... 
We still don't quite know what their plan was for Black Panthers. We don't know how much that's no. been scuppered by uh, well, Boseman's I, passing. I imagine quite a lot. Yeah. yeah. It was a sequel, you know. Yeah. Um, but the, what what is the appeal of Black Panther to the people who like it? I, I They might have liked Boseman's performance, but I wouldn't say that was the thing that brought people in. Okay. It was just, well, A, that it's a Marvel superhero film. Yeah. B, I guess that it's a glorification of African culture. Yeah, it's like the yeah, yeah. That, that side of it. So as he's, long as he's that got continues, he's got a cool suit. Yeah, like with superheroes, that for some people that genuinely is enough. Like, like it looks you know, cool. When you you listen to those theater reactions to like the the end of Endgame, mm. and you hear all all the black members of the audience saying, "Is it Ibombe or whatever?" Yes, yeah, Ibombe. Like uh, it's the Africanness of it. So I sp- as long as they keep that. Okay. I don't think many people are like. Oh no, no! But oh, I can't watch it now. Mm. I can't watch the Bozeman is gone. Yeah, I suppose that's all it's got going for it now because the, the the they won't have the villain from Black Panther. No, and they won't. Have and they Black won't Panther. have Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know what they'll do. What will they do? I bet. Like, the, is Lupita Nyong'o in? Oh, she's his love interest. She's Black. She's Panther. Black Panther. Okay, they're gonna make it a woman. Black Panthress. Panthera. Panthera. Black Panthera. Panthera. Yeah. Pantera. Pantera. Black the- Terra. <laughs> <laughs> Pantera, the new Black Panther. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Ibombe, what do you say? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you know, yes, it is. It is a shame that he's gone. And yeah, all that. genuinely, and and, but, uh, and it was a surprise as well, right? Oh, no, well, nobody. Yeah, knew. He, he kept it a secret. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the five bloods. Yeah. What's kind of nice and poetic in a way? Oh yeah, that's yeah. yeah that that point was never finished. Yeah. Um, is the that film? His character was the leader of a squadron, mm. and he dies in Vietnam. And then years later, they go back to recover his body and gold as well. And like that character in that film is like they, um, they all look up to him. He's kind of like the messiah to them. One of them still hasn't got over the trauma of his death. Mm. Um, so it's kind of nice that he got to go out on kind of a monumental, iconic role. Yeah. Not iconic, but you know, a, a character then, a monumental character. Yeah. It's not, it, you know, it's not going to hold up as one of the most iconic characters of cinema. But as far as the relationship to the other characters in that film, it's kind of uh, a fitting yeah. farewell role. Yeah, yeah, as you say, yeah. there's, there's a nice poetry to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, OnlyFans. Okay, we're changing the subject. Yeah. Um, he didn't have an OnlyFans, did he? Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> just any potential segue. But yeah. no, we're just into a new subject now. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? Well, I've just noticed that it's more of a thing. Okay. And I don't really know what it is. Well, nor do I, so I don't know why okay. you brought it to my attention. <laughs> I From thought, what I know... I thought it more likely that you would know what it was. Well, I know Belle Delphine is on it. Oh, right. Because I know that that was um, noteworthy when she returned that she had an OnlyFans account. Right. From what I understand, OnlyFans is sort of like a... Porn. Not porn. Right. Um, well, it is... No. Soft porn. Softcore pornography. Yeah. Well, uh, it's not porn in the sense that no fucking happens. No, and there's sure. a, there's only one person in it. Like the one person has yes. the only fans, and it's account. A still image, right? Or are there videos? No, I think there are videos as well. <laughs> okay, of what people disrobing, or just being naked, or just be okay. Right. Maybe playing with themselves. I'm not quite sure. Okay, so that is porn. Yeah, but there's no fucking happening. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not but, saying that. The, yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean? Freaking it's, herself yeah. off is still porn. It's not porn in you know traditional sense. Yeah, I think when most people think of porn, they think of a man and a woman. It's not just a woman Whoa. jilling herself off. Like, 
Oh, am I, am I being intolerant? Yeah, yeah. I'm not considering other yeah, people. Yeah, people just think, what if he gay? Okay, all right. Or uh, two people. Two, <laughs> two people, people having the sex. I think as soon as it becomes... Um, well, there was that judge, wasn't it, that said pornography is, I know it when I see it. Like, I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. Mm. Um, let's try and define it. When does something become pornography? There's erotica, yeah. and then there's pornography. Well, it's similar to the discussion of when is your partner cheating on you? Like, if okay. they if they hug... If, if you're going out with a girl who hugs another man, yeah. it's probably not cheating. That's not cheating. If she, if he's performing anal sex on her, that's so almost certainly. probably cheating. Well, like, so I mean, somewhere in I mean, between... Ki- kissing is the, yeah, like, but like, erotically... Well, okay, you know, well, kissing... A romantic the, kiss. Yeah, okay, so like kissing on the cheek. No, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. But, like, kissing on the lips? Yeah, that's over the line. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Unless it's a relative. But I don't know why you'd be kissing them on the lips, but... Um, Relatives do. Yeah. But it's outside of that, hmm. surely that counts. You can't be. You're not yeah. gonna be okay with your girlfriend kissing another bloke on the lips, are you? Mm. Um, yeah, I suppose that would be the the point where it, it's cheating, right? I mean, that people say like, "Oh, but I was emotionally cheating before I actually cheated." Uh, yeah, but you know. <laughs> um, so porn. I mean, what you've just described is definitely porn. Of, uh, of when they're touching themselves, right? Stuff. Okay. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know. Is the thing. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. a thing they do, but I'm, I'm not sure. I don't see why not. Yeah. Given you know what, <coughs> what it is, you're coughing a lot there, George. Uh, I apologise. You uh, COVID-y or? I hope. I hope not. Okay. I've no reason to think that I am. Okay. All right. <laughs> you're just gonna be staring at me with suspicion. <laughs> yeah. For the whole podcast. Yeah. So OnlyFans, explain what you know about it. Um. Well, not much is okay. the thing, but I think that I I thought the idea was. You can get an OnlyFans, and anyone, anyone yeah. can sign up to OnlyFans mm-hmm. as both like a, a subscriber, someone who consumes the content, yeah. and as a performer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like they, they, I thought that there was like a free, like you didn't have to pay straight away. Mm. Obviously, you have to sign up, but it's like, oh, we'll show you like a couple of non-revealing videos that sort of tease you a little bit, titillate you, titillate you, yeah. and then here is more content that is more revealing more than you like. have to pay for. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, and you pay for each individual thing, right? If if you say so, I think that's the case. I mean, all I know about it is Bella Thorne, the actress. Yeah, I think that's the appeal of it, right? Because there's there's right. the sort of there's that aspect of you know, oh, anyone can get an OnlyFans account. Mm. So I think there are probably just women who are yeah, like, oh, someone, that's something I that I want with OnlyFans. Yeah, that's something that I yeah. want. That's something I want to try. Something yeah. I want to do. But also uh, celebrities mm-hmm. uh, like Bella Thorne and Belle Delphine, if you will, mm. if she counts as a celebrity. A new media person. Yeah, new media personalities. Yeah. They have OnlyFans as well. A numpy. So. A numpy. Yeah. All right, okay. Or a numpty. A numpty, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So Bella Thorne is a numpty. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, Belle Delphine. Thorne is a celebrity. Oh, she is a celebrity. Right. Belle Delphine is a numpty. Yes. Bella Thorne is... A celebrity. Oh, a celebrity. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. It's kind of boring now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I said like a couple of episodes ago when I mentioned before the Belle Delphine had a, an OnlyFans account. I think that's the appeal. Because, yeah, there's porn on the internet. Uh, yes. Of, of all caliber. Mm-hmm. And it's everywhere. But, there, you know, if, if I go on OnlyFans, then I can see naked pictures of this girl yeah. that I watch and yeah. I like and mm-hmm. I simp over or I, you know. S- explain that. S- simp over. Well, simp. You know, you're familiar with the term simp, right? I've heard it. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Well, it's basically someone who's like, you know, constantly sort of in worship of like, oh, you're so amazing. Here, I'm going to donate money to you. Right. Um, What's the difference so between amazing. simping and worshipping? Well, they're sort of the same. Simping is sort of worshipping gone too far. 
Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> is worship in, in and of itself maybe going too far? Well, okay. It's, maybe, it's what you worship, yeah. I guess. The internet uses the word simp. Yeah, so, so why are you using it? Because you're a human being talking to another human being. <laughs> well, Use the I, word I, worship if you mean okay, worship. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. Well, I think within simping, there's that in like worship seems like a very passive, def- like you know. Oh, I I, uh, I I I enjoy you disproportionately from afar. It can mean that. I mean, I think most people. Whereas simping is sort of like, oh, I'm sending you money and I'm sending you letters. And okay. I'm trying to, I mean, you know, I think most people's image of worship is like on your knees in front of the thing, prostrating yourself, right? Yeah. But, I worship at her feet. Yes, but does she know that you're doing that? Is the thing. Who? The the object of your worship. In the, in the case of simping? No, in the case of worship. Oh, d- well, yeah, it depends, doesn't it? Okay. <laughs> I think when people say I worship at her feet, I'm sure they would know about that. Yeah, but that might just be one of the, like, oh, if I had the chance, I would worship her. For now, I just have, like, a photo in my room. Okay. But now, but, but you know, were I given the chance to worship at her feet, I would do so. Okay, maybe. Hmm. Worship, as far as, whenever it's used, this is just a personal thing, whenever it's used in a non- traditionally religious context yeah I tend to think of it being a very animated active endeavour okay I worship her feet I want to give her chocolates and, you know <laughs> whereas when I hear oh it's part of it's part of religious worship mm. that does seem more devout and just like you know buttoned down yeah and kind of nice and pious Christian maybe there isn't much of a difference maybe, okay. maybe for some reason okay we've divided the two but they're essentially the same thing okay but simping is exactly. the internet. The internet version of the that. The internet version of right. that, yes. And I think it's more defined because obviously a lot of, you know, there's a lot of women who have like, you know, they stream on Twitch mm. or they, you know, they post like vlogs constantly mm-hmm. and people are, you know, commenting and they're, you know, they are sending donations. And so you can see their, yeah. their worship rather than it being like a private thing. Like I have my little altar at home right. and then I keep it to myself. Yeah. But no, I'm, I'm, you can see me giving money to... Digital pedestal. Digital, yes, exactly. Yeah. Digital shrine. Okay. Yeah. That was a different... Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, shrine, it's more... That's where you put stuff, isn't it? Yes. So, you know. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, in answer to your question, <laughs> I think the reason OnlyFans is becoming more popular is because mm-hmm. it's something that anybody can do. Mm-hmm. Not just anybody can access. It's something anybody could do. And I think there there is... There must be amongst women... Like a certain appeal in there being, you know, naked pictures of them out there, right? Otherwise, why would you? Because that, that's the thing. I don't understand why. Well, women generally? Well, I don't understand why a member of the public would go, oh, I'm going to sign up to this thing and mm. post naked pictures of myself. Well, the people who do it, there's an appeal. Yeah, that's what it. I meant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not women. Well, that's the think. thing. These are normal women, isn't it? You've got yeah. these celebrities and these, what was the word? Numpties. Numpties. You've yeah. got numpties and celebrities yeah. Yeah. for which there is a demand. Yeah. But for your garden variety, like, everyday woman, mm. they're kind of starting from scratch, you know? Because mm. it's not the type of... It's not like, you know, when we... Grassroots made, prostitution. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. like, when we started this podcast, podcast, obviously, we shared it on Facebook. Podcast. <laughs> we shared it on Facebook. <laughs> and we said to everyone, no, we're starting a podcast if you want to like our page. You can't do that with your OnlyFans account, really, can you? Well, I I saw someone that did that. That's how I knew about okay. it. Okay, <laughs> um, that feels yeah. It's it's sort of like I said last. Like I'll, I won't name names. Yeah, but like this person um, on Instagram, you can choose like you can pick people to be close friends 
Oh, okay. So only they will see certain posts. Right, okay. So I saw one, they posted something, mm. and it was like a green ring instead of a purple ring. Okay. I was like, that's different, what's that? And then I found out it was that. And it was just an image of this person with a peach covering oh, right. their derriere. Yeah. And it said, you know what this is advertising, OF. I genuinely had no fucking idea <laughs> what they're on about. So I messaged them. Okay. And said, what is this advertising? <laughs> Of what? Yeah. Of, yeah. of, of what is this I'm genuinely, like, that's not me being um, digital foreigner. Like, I genuinely had no idea what okay. it was. OF. Like, I was trying to work out the internet slang. Yeah. Of force. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, so, yeah, what, what is advertising? Uh, no, I, yeah. And then they said, OF. <laughs> and I said, I'm... That's, conf- that's where I'm struggling. Yeah. Yeah, come on now. And I said, I am confused. Yeah. And they said, why? And I said, because I'm an old man. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and they said, OnlyFans. And then I heard that. Yeah. I, oh, okay, I know what that is. And they said, oh, I'm not such an old man then. I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not doing it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I do know someone that, that has one. Okay. I haven't looked at it. Okay. Yeah, that, I don't know if that's common practice. Whether Adver- like, like advertising yourself. Yeah. I get, yeah, you'd have to, wouldn't you? I mean, how are people going to know about it otherwise? Well, People who are on OnlyFans would find you, right? But they'd have to know to look. That's for the thing. You. I don't know if there's like an algorithm, like oh, such and such is trending on OnlyFans. <laughs> recommended, yeah, recommended n- nudity. I suppose it's just the equivalent of, like you said, we uh, advertised our podcast, hmm. and this is you'd have to, wouldn't you? You'd have to because I assume you'd have to be looked for. It's not like you're just going to pop up, okay? Uh, especially if you're a non-entity, they might recommend celebrities, but not going to recommend, yeah, yeah, you know, Debbie normal face yeah <laughs> um so I wonder if we're gonna damn get- it I gave the name away <laughs> yeah we've got like Viners and TikTokers I wonder if we're, we're, we're gonna get only fanners only fannies only fannies <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what I will, I will tolerate <laughs> only fans people becoming like celebrities <laughs> in the same way that Viners and TikTokers have yeah if it means we can call them only fannies I, I suppose that the, yeah the providers would be only fannies because the, the yeah, that's what I meant yeah, yeah only yeah. fans are the consumers I guess yes yeah yeah um you know it's horrible right yeah I don't like it no are you a sexual conservative, Jordan? <laughs> In what respect, Sam? Do you believe, you know, like, you're not you're not too hot on the idea of, like, sex on the first date and things like that? Um, I think I am, yeah. yeah. I think I'm, I'm I think bit, you are. Yeah. But yeah, that, it's not like, you know, oh, it's disgusting. Why are you yeah, yeah, revealing yeah. it? It's just, I genuinely, I, I genuinely like to know the appeal for, like, the women who choose. Mm. Like, I'm going to create an OnlyFans account yeah. and put uh, naked pictures of myself I mean, if, if you can charge for the pictures, then yeah. obviously there's monetary gain. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I think I have a body worthy enough of making me blah, yeah. blah, blah a month. Yeah. Well, but just in general, like, surely you would feel... Vulnerable and vulnerable. Yeah, incredibly vulnerable. I suppose there's that it plays into this whole um, idea that it's empowering. Okay. Right? Strippers, that's an empowering maybe, job. Yeah, maybe OnlyFans kind of sells itself as, oh, we're, we're secure. You know, nothing's yeah. going to make it outside of this app. Yeah, we're secure. And I'm sure, like, you know, we are... This is the democratization of erotica. Let's use that word. Yeah. Anyone can do it. You don't have to be a Riley Reed. You can, you yeah. can just be Debbie Normal Face. What, 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 do they, what do they get out of it then? The OnlyFans Only app creators. I imagine they get a cut, right? Is that... How, yeah, is that what they, it is? They get a cut of the... Um, In which case, are we okay with the fact that they're profiting off... The pimps. Yeah. 
Um, they're, they're making well, porn stars of normal people. Well, this is the thing. That is what it is, right? It, it, it's kind of, it's high-end. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. G- given that I have, I've never, you know, I've never opened the app. I don't yeah. know how it operates. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. It's sort of, it's, it's prostitution, but with many layers of opacity. Okay. It's like when you get down to the nub of it, that is what it is. It's, it's women especially, I imagine, selling their bodies mm. to some extent. Well, and, yeah. Yeah. And their manager making a cut of it. Yeah. Though I, I imagine the percentages would be reversed than it would be in an actual pimp whore situation. Yes. But that is what it is. And I just, is, is that understood to be kind of, are we okay with that now culturally and generationally? I know what you're asking. Yeah. yeah. That is something I would genuinely like to know. Because that, yeah, that has definitely been a, a thing. This, the idea that a prostitute is actually, it, it's some symbol of autonomy mm. and kind of, you know, like being a self-made woman right? sort of thing. Okay. I mean, it's legal in various places, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, well, okay, what, what's your opinion on that? What do you think about prostitution being illegal? Legal thing? in certain parts of the world. Well, just generally. Should it oh, be just legal? Generally. Um... I don't know mm. is the honest answer because I don't think it's a service that I would ever use. Mm. It's only one that I've never sought out. Yeah. So hypocritical is the wrong word, but it feels strange for me to be to rally against prot- prostitution when it's something that I've never really concerned myself with. How that's anti-hypocrite. Okay. What's the word I'm looking for then? I don't know. Okay. Well, you're you're saying you're kind of indifferent to it, so it'd be weird to rally against it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, I have no opinion of it. So why would I come down strongly? Why would okay. I come down in support of it? Like, yes, this is a thing. Right. If anything, it needs to be legal in more places. Okay. Or the other end of the spectrum, which is like, oh, we need to get rid of it. It's degrading. It's yeah. I wouldn't. Up. I wouldn't say that's hypocritical. Maybe a bit flaky. Okay, but, flaky uh, maybe then. Lucy goosey, but uh, yeah. I mean, uh, that's the thing. I, I'm not. I don't like it. Mm. But if I'm gonna be philosophically consistent mm. then I do support its legalisation well that's the thing we need to there there are there are obviously scenarios in which it's better than others isn't it it's the yeah, same yeah. with porn like if if those women have been sort of um, strong armed into that life mm-hmm. and they genuinely don't want to do it then yeah. obviously none of us are in support of that yeah. what I'm sort of again don't know the word dubious about I guess yeah. the thing that's making me not come down and say oh no this is bad we needed to stop mm. is that there are women out there who've genuinely chosen that yeah. path and you know whether they like it or not they see it as like you know oh this is a choice that I've made and this is I'm making the best of you know this is a, this is a situation that works for me well I think the argument for its legalization isn't it is that were it legalized that would provide a kind of infrastructure to people who yeah, you'd exactly. have legal benefits yeah protection for them. Um, yeah. insurance and mm. medical insurance and all the rest of it yeah um, well, porn stars have problems with that, don't they? Do they? I think that was... I haven't seen the entire Riley Reed's uh, Eric Weinstein podcast. I feel like that's something that she mentioned, that um, it's incredibly difficult for you to get health insurance, or, it's, okay. or there are some banks that just will outright refuse to... Um, <laughs> being oppressed, the porn stars. <laughs> not oppressed, but yeah. it's it's definitely being made harder. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not... Porn isn't illegal. Suitably. What, what, was, what, what was the... It's being made harder. Go on. I see. Okay, like a flaccid penis. Yeah, I know. Thing. I know. <laughs> I'm just letting the joke sit. Let it sit. I'm just letting let it, it sit. sour. Let it sit. <laughs> yeah. Is that a? Huh? 
What? Letting it sour, or is that not a? That doesn't. I matter. don't know. What kind of? What have you been involved in? <laughs> it wasn't intended to be a pun or anything. Um, yeah, it's not illegal, but there are obviously, you know, I think a lot of people don't know. Again, something we brought up on the last point. We a lot of people don't know how to behave around. Yeah, that sort of stuff. It's like ah, I don't know if I want to. I don't really want to endorse or support this. Mm. This kind of lifestyle, yeah. so I'm not going to deal with that. That's the thing. I politically support it. I do not personally support it. Okay. How are you able to make that distinction? Like you, like I do with most things. Okay. But how can you... Does it not subtract from... Like, if you support something politically, but you don't support it personally, does that not subtract from your support of it? No. How does it not? Because there's your worldview. There's, like, your philosophical and political worldview. Okay. They think people should be entitled to certain things and to do whatever they blah 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 mm. and then that's where th- there's what you would do yourself but that is something that's used in a debate or in an argument it's like a it's like oh well you're not practicing what you preach so why why should we put much stock in what you're saying not, no no it's not about be, this this is not hypocritical at all it's me saying um under the law i don't really care if you want to pay for your own transgender surgery okay as long as someone willing to do it and you know you're willing to do it obviously and you're you're paying for it mm. I don't support it personally. Okay. I saw you did that. What? You, you slid it from pornography into transgender. Like, oh, I don't support transgender surgery. Yeah. Like, we slid, you slid it to that without... Didn't think I would oh, notice. No, I was just thinking... I wasn't trying to move the, the goalpost. Okay. Yeah, was, there's not an, an analogue. What could I have said that's the same about pornography? Well, I suppose, like, I, I, if, I you, if, if you want to be a porn star yeah. for a living, then fine. I support that personally and politically. Okay. As in, you know, like, yeah, fine, if that's what you want to do. Okay. In terms of what I want my daughter being a porn star? No. Mm. I don't know whether that makes me a hypocrite. Maybe a little bit, but it's the kind of hypocrisy I'm okay with. Right. Everyone's a hypocrite about something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But no, that's absolutely a distinction to be made between... You you live in a world of choices, and you believe that those choices should be open to people, Mm. but you wouldn't choose everything. You would choose one, you know. I see. That's the distinction to be made. Okay. I think... It's sort of similar to... I went to a show in London with a friend of ours. I'm familiar with the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He'd, um, he'd written a thing, hadn't he? He'd written a monologue. We can name him, right? Because we can promote his podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. been on... He's, he's been, been on the podcast. podcast. Yeah. James. James Humphreys. James Humphreys, yeah. Uh, what, Pest from the West. Is that... Is, oh, I don't know any Zombie Pigman Genocide <laughs> now. <or laughs> I think that's yeah. the current one, yeah. yeah. And he does... Uh, he live streams himself playing... Let's Plays, that's the, that's the term. I think he stopped that now. He stopped... <laughs> <Okay>. Well... <laughs> Keep an eye on James Humphrey. <laughs> he might do a thing at some point, yeah. Um, he'd written a monologue, uh, and the theme of the night was the Me Too movement. Mm. And he'd written a monologue from the perspective of a predatory woman. Okay. Um, and it was the only one of its type. And we went to London to watch it being performed uh, in this night. It was this. part of a series, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a series of monologues. Yeah. Um, pretty much every other monologue was women writing about predatory men or their experience blah 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 blah. and the MC uh, blue haired blimp um, (laughs) blue haired perspectacle blimp the three B's she I think (laughs) had gone up on stage and said that she'd been catcalled I see and this had traumatised her I see and I wrote a review of that night that stoked (laughs) a fair bit of controversy with some people I knew and uh, I made the point in that piece like you might well have been traumatised by catcalling 
but I think you need to get some perspective if that's the case. Okay. There's genuine trauma in the world. Like, you're going to get traumatized by someone wolf whistling you? Grow up. Right. They're a, they're a genuine, you know. Okay. Um, well, so- and, and so, just very quickly, and someone responded, you can't say they weren't traumatized. Didn't say they weren't traumatized. Mm. I'm offering my opinion. Yeah. On them apparently being traumatized. Well, tr- the word trauma carries a lot of weight to it. Doesn't it, it does. Like let's ha- let let's let words. I'm have sure. Meaning. Yeah. Like it's it's possible that what she felt. I you know I don't want to I don't want to tell her this is how you felt. No, that, and that's what, what that wasn't what I was doing. No, exactly. But is it possible that um, it was a similar feeling to trauma, but it was sort of further down the scale? Yeah. To the point where it's we don't call it trauma. Because trauma is reserved for, it's, you know... I mean, it's just... Um, PTSD and, like, mild, serious... Yeah, you know. exactly. It's mildly unpleasant. It, it, it should be mildly unpleasant. Yeah. In my opinion. Like, I think being traumatised by catcalling is a disproportionate emotional response. Yeah. It's like if we were having... I don't know, not even an argument. We were bantering and I went, you dick. And you started sobbing. Yeah. I would argue that you need to get some perspective. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, and that's all I was doing. Because you're, you're not in the wrong. What? Because you're not in the wrong for calling me a dick. Well, not in a bantery situation. There is no wrong in banter. Um, well, maybe there is. <laughs> there yeah, might maybe, be a, maybe, maybe yeah, a line yeah. of which you can't step. But yes, there are things like, yeah, you're entitled to feel however you want, mm. but I can have an opinion on it. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's that, um, that sort of expectation that whatever you say you felt, like, mm. you just have to accept that. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like I can use the word trauma and you are not in a position to question it. Yeah. It's like it's not that I'm questioning how you felt, it's that I'm questioning your choice of words. And, you know, trauma feels a bit I'm kind of questioning how you felt as well. Okay, well it's 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 just like like I said, it's the intensity of the word trauma. Like that feels like an overreaction to me. We reserve it for more traumatic. Exactly, things. yeah. And this is a slightly different, um, but it's sort of a similar example. Mm. There's like a guy that I went to university with. Um, who said that he suffered from PTSD? Right. And if you, if anyone ever tried to ask him what do, what has caused your PTSD, he would consider that offensive. He would be traumatized by it. He, well, right. not not traumatized by it, but it's right. like, um, oh yeah, I suffer from PTSD. Well, what happened? Well, you can't ask me that. Yeah. It's but like I'm a, not okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, yeah, I can't. I can't dispute that you are suffering from PTSD. But if you're not going to tell me what it is, yeah, I am going to find it harder to yeah to care. You know, well, to care for one thing, yeah. but also just believe you. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah. Did you ever find out? No. Right. Did he look like a vet? As no. in a, a veteran, not a veterinarian. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he was younger than me. Okay. Maybe. Did I'm not sure. PTSD. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, who knows, but... Yeah. Yeah, it does feel like, let's use the word, these things have meaning. <laughs> we should yeah. keep that meaning. Like, you know. But I mean, if you if you shift it from the... Poli- just to round off this point from the political to the person uh, to the commercial you make those sorts of choices every day there are thousands well not you don't read any books there are thousands of films that you could watch and you choose to not watch them okay that would be an, a good analogy I think of you don't you don't think other people shouldn't watch those films you're just not not going to watch it yourself right okay I don't think Transformers films shouldn't be made like I wouldn't outlaw them okay but I'm not going to watch them I see okay uh, but I, I have you have. Yeah. <laughs> I am a hypocrite. With do, do you approve? Uh, what? No, no, no. God, no. You made me watch. Um, which one was it? Oh, uh, the Anthony Hopkins one. Yeah. Um, the King Arthur one. Uh, I'm gonna keep saying things that are in the film until one of us remembers the title. Is it Age of? Ex- that's the fourth one. That's Age the fourth one. Yeah. Um, the Last Night. King of Knights. Oh yeah, Last the Night. The Last Night. The Last Night. Um, 
Yeah, it was one of the worst experiences I've ever had. <laughs> I genuinely felt uh, nauseated by the thumb. <laughs> I had to leave and and get some water and take a breath. Do you? Did Anthony Hopkins not save it for you? No, because he's not in it nearly enough. No, uh, yeah, if the, he was in it yeah. more. Yeah, then I think it would gen- be genuinely be worth watching that film yeah. just for him. Yeah, if you, yes, if he was in it, and the film was shorter. Yeah, because yeah, so it's two and a half hours. It's 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 I I don't know if it's closer to three than two and a half. But it's a long film. It's a long film. And it's just stuff, 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 stuff. It's like you're in a battleship and you're a yeah. submarine and now you're in the air. And oh, it, I genuinely felt sick. It was like being on a roller coaster for yeah. too long. Um, so fuck you. <laughs> uh, yeah. But your prostitution being legal. So you're not, you don't come down one way. No, I don't come down one way or the other. other. Okay. Um, Do you lean one way or the other? Not really. Okay. Like, like I said, I acknowledge that um, there is prostitution out there, which is probably not up to code. Yeah. Like those women have probably not chosen that Fire life. hazards. Fire, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and that stuff I obviously don't support, but yeah. also I'm not going to, if there are women out there who genuinely want to, you know, mm-hmm. conduct prostitution. I, I guess. <laughs> if there do are you people, conduct, you don't conduct prostitution, do you? No, a pimp would conduct prostitution. Yeah. A yeah, prostitute would. Like a, would yeah, 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 you would have this little battle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, or the prostitutes would they perform they engage in prostitution they engage in yeah. prostitution yeah if you yeah. wanted to engage in prostitution mm-hmm. I wouldn't go no you you can't I'm telling you you right. can't okay alright yeah <laughs> so OnlyFans we, we, we <laughs> no no point to that because we haven't come down on any well, side no, uh, and we don't even know what it's about well I think my my end point there is that that I, I don't I I not politically isn't the right word but in principle, I support it because I'm a libertarian. Like you do whatever you want, okay, within reasonable bounds. Yeah, uh, but I don't like it. Okay, um, that's my. You hear that, point. friend who has an OnlyFans account? They don't listen. Okay, they certainly <laughs> don't listen. Uh, do you want to do a film review? Uh, okay, uh, I've seen a couple. So yeah. the first one that I'll talk about uh, is a documentary. Okay, it's called "Pretending I'm a Superman: The Tony Hawk's Video Game Story." Pithy. <laughs> Yeah, it's not the best title. It's not. Um, it's a good title in that you know what it's about. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen Have you seen any of the Office bloopers? I'm sure I've shown you some. Oh, I've seen a few. Yeah, there's a blooper where Michael Scott is kind of he's imagining a headline hmm. and he's kind of spelling it out with his hand. He's like Dunder Mifflin does, but and he just keeps talking and his hand keeps moving. Like, <laughs> he's just writing the whole article. <laughs> yeah. That's what this sounds like. That's what this yeah. sounds like. Uh, yeah, it's a good title in that respect. But it's also a good title in that it did kind of convince me to watch it. Okay. Because here's the thing. I, I obviously, I like video games. Yeah. So anything that's video game related, I'm going to sort of like, I'm going to look into like, oh, what, is that something I'd be interested in? Mm-hmm. But I don't like skateboarding. No. And I've never played skateboarding video games. Mm-hmm. So pretty Once much. on acid. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know which one that was, actually. It was a Tony Hawk game, though, wasn't yeah, it? I, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. That was funny, though, because we were... Uh, because obviously there's a button you're supposed to press yeah. to mount the skateboard. And we were listening to some pretty heavy music. Mm. So I was going to time it so that as the music kicked in, I was going to jump on my skateboard and start bombing it down the hill. Right. So I, so I started moving the guy forward, but I forgot to jump on the skateboard. <laughs> so as this like really heavy metal music is playing, then my guy's just sprinting down the hill <laughs> with the, holding his skateboard. So that was funny. Um one of the very, very, very few positive experiences I had. That night, yeah. That night, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm not interested. I've never played skateboarding games. I'm not interested in skateboarding. So most of what this documentary had to offer was not for me. Right. 
But it's the first portion of that title, pretending I'm a Superman. Right. What does that imply to you? Pretending I'm a Superman. Pretending I'm a Superman. What does that imply? With all context removed. Yeah, like the film is called Pretending I'm a Superman. What does that imply to you? Pretending I'm a Superman. Um, I suppose that's difficult to, to divorce it from skateboarding. Well, we know... Okay, so we know that this is a, a documentary about okay. skateboarding. We know that it's... Tony Hawk is sort of the focus of the documentary. I would I would assume then that it's, it's kind of like... Um, it harkens back to when he was a child. Skateboarding was like his way of pretending he was a superhero. Okay. Pretending I'm a Superman. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely one. My sort of interpretation, it was possibly something along those lines, but also I thought maybe this was going to be like a, not anti-Tony Hawk. Right. But it was going to sort of, uh, sort of look at the Peel back the layers. Yeah, look at the Tony Hawk video games and Mm -hmm. like, you know, oh yeah, they were a big success, but really behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. you know, like Tony Hawk, he had a bit of an ego and he was like, you know, the project wasn't getting off the ground because of X, Y, Z. Paper Tiger. Paper Tiger, yeah. yeah. Or even just, you know, it was going to look, it was a documentary looking at celebrity tie in media mm. through the prism of the Tony Hawk games. Basically, I thought this documentary was going to be about something. It was going to have some depth. It was going to have some depth. It doesn't have that. Okay. It is literally, right, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to paraphrase uh, a, a, a sentiment mm. that is expressed multiple times throughout the documentary. Okay. Yeah, you know, like when we were skateboarding back in the 90s, like, you know, it was it was dead basically like if you saw another skateboarder you were like instantly friends because yeah. there were so few skateboarders out there but then like the Tony Hawk video game came out everything changed man right. it was like skateboarding was new again you know is it hagiographic uh, <laughs> like, it's a very saintly depiction of them somewhat yeah it's 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 very much you know the games came out and like I had nothing to live for before these games came out then they came out and I had a life basically is it produced by Tony Hawk it's not produced not that I can tell okay I think it was kickstarted right by these documentarians who I yeah. don't think have really done anything else okay um, that uh, paraphrased platitude yeah. yeah that I just uh, put forth to you that's genuinely like 50% of the documentary right the documentary is basically they have like a bunch of skateboarders and people who are associated with the game so like the the uh, creative director and like the musicians mm. behind the video game they're like the music behind in the video game it's just interviewing them about like how what, awesome was it to do the yeah game? pretty much it's just a nostalgia trip to some degree maybe yeah it's yeah it's it's a weirdly put together documentary so it's got no depth yeah it is just oh yeah the games are like great it's, it's literally just it for for what it's about skateboarding is a fairly shallow... But I was going to ask you, like, am I wrong for having gone in with those expectations? I think the minimum you should expect from a documentary is that it has probity. Yeah. Because I I don't even feel like... Bear in mind, like, I'm not a huge... I I wasn't hugely familiar with these games anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't come out feeling like I know more than I went in, you know? Yeah. I knew of Tony Hawk beforehand. Like, there's, like I know a couple more skateboarders now, but what's, what good does that do me? Right. So it didn't endear you to it? No, it's not as if, like, I know more about the process. Yeah. You know, like, I think Activision, I think, were the ones who produced the Tony Hawk's game. They were thinking of doing a skateboarding game. Right. But there wasn't really a market for it, so they thought, oh, we'll find, like, a famous skateboarder. Right. See if he's interested in it. Tony Hawk was like, you know, his career was basically over, but he was like, yeah, I'll do this video game on yeah. and off chance. But that's just like, yeah, that's that everyone has that story, you know? 
Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about skateboarding. No, other than Tony Hawk is a skateboarder. That's, yeah, is literally all well, I know. That's about sort of an yeah. Because I think that is genuinely because of the games, which is interesting. Because yeah. you've never played Pro Skater One or Two, right? No, yeah, but you just know about those games. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's sort of a testament to the um, to how popular they were and how yeah. good they are as well. I know that Marty McFly has a skateboard. Yes, uh, and a hoverboard, and then he had a hoverboard. No, let's not forget. Um, uh, I know that the music video for Dark Necessities features skateboarders. Yes, and there's a TV show on HBO called Betty that is about skateboarders. It's a spin-off of the film Skate Kitchen. Okay, uh, and I watched all of Betty. Is there any good? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. It's just, it's about, about young girls who skateboard. Mm. The skateboarding is just like the thing they do. Yeah. And there's a lot of of skateboarding in it. Yeah. But it's not about it in a like mm. a fundamental way. You know, it's about their relationships. And, yeah. But yeah, I suppose like what can what is there to be said about skateboarding? That other than it's not like a bit on a motorbike. Well, oh, man, it's just like it's the closest you get to flying without leaving the ground. Mm. That's what you had said about motorcycling. Well, skateboarding, you know, you've got different types of skateboarding, don't you? You've got like street yeah. skateboarding, which I think is what the Tony Hawk games right. uh, are mainly doing. We like grinding on rails and yeah. like going down the streets, and then you've got that like half pipe skateboarding. Don't yeah, you? it's 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 a fun. Where you are literally like shooting up in the air and flipping and then coming back down. Yeah, it's a fun thing to do that requires the development of technique. Yeah, but there's. The, you couldn't be profound about skateboarding, I don't think. Okay. I mean, the, the close... I think, I think a couple of them try. They try. Yeah. What is to be said? The only thing about skateboarding, they fall over a lot, don't they? Yeah. So you always... They've got grazes and cuts everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of... You could do something about that. Mm. About, like, it's the only sport that where you're, like, guaranteed... Other than boxing, I suppose, you know. Where you're guaranteed injury, pretty well, much wrestling. Everything. Yeah. Gymnasts. Well, I don't know. Well, I, th- I think gymnastics comes with a certain degree of injury. Okay. Okay. Um, but maybe something could be said about that. But you know, um, the only the most profound thing I've heard about skateboarding is from Jordan Peterson. Okay, there's a chapter in his Twelve Rules for Life book that's like, don't stop kids from skateboarding. Okay, um, but the but that's a, it's a metaphor. Right. The broader point being, if kids are behaving quite dangerously but within limits, mm. don't don't stop them. Don't mollycoddle. I see. Let kids hurt themselves and you know, right? Okay. And let them cut themselves. <laughs> uh, you know, that's it. Like okay. so skateboarding kind of represents uh, charting the outer limits of you know your own capabilities. Yeah, but this doesn't do any of that. No, this doesn't do any of that. Um, this documentary has. Do you remember the montage of Heck? I remember montage of Heck. Yes, the Kirk Cobain documentary. Very good. Do you remember how much fucking style that documentary has? It dripped with it because it's um, it, it sort of dives into Kirk Cobain's personal journals, right? Yeah, he kept. He, he did like tapes I think that's where the name Montage of Heck comes from yeah right? it's one, one of his mixtapes it's one yeah. of his mixtapes yeah. but he also kept like journals and diaries and of like lyrics and sentiments yep. and you know all that kind of stuff yeah they use everything they use yeah. absolutely everything at their disposal and so there are a lot of like journal animations right yeah where like everything is being written yeah. animated on the screen and like the titles and, and the doodles and, and yeah. doodles and even when it's not directly using animation just like the shots the way that everything's edited and put together it's got so much like oomph and style to it this has none. <laughs> I don't right. Skateboarding has like an aesthetic, right? It's that radical nineties thing. Yeah, when yeah. you think of like skateboarding, yeah. you think of like yeah. you don't just think of the action skateboarding. You think of like graffiti and like punk music, and like it has like a look. To yeah, it. like nineties punk. Yeah, Blink, like a bit of Blink One Eight Two. Yeah, nineties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Punk, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like VHS cameras, yeah. like white. Um, 
uh, fisheye lenses because they so they can see themselves doing tricks. I suppose it's like the we're in eighties. If you're making an ET type film, the kids all rode bikes, and if you're doing it in the nineties, they rode skateboards. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it has an aesthetic. It has something that you can pull from. Yeah, and there's none of that in the documentary whatsoever. No, the title card. It's basically just this white logo on a black background. Right. It's like really, like the office. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, it's got no fucking style to it. I think that alone is a missed opportunity. You know, I, again, like this was a kickstarted documentary. I don't know how experienced these people are. My mm-hmm. assumption is they are fans of skateboarding and or the games and or Tony Hawk. Yeah. And they just wanted to talk to these people. Yeah. And this documentary was a way to do that because it doesn't really have any value outside of, oh man, we get, you know, Tony Hawk is talking about how good the video game is. It's for fans, is it? I think so, Only yeah. Only fans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It should be on that site. <laughs> um, so, is it... It's just online, yeah? It's on YouTube or something? But yeah, I think it's on, like, you can get it on, like, Amazon and okay. places like that as well. The worst thing, one of the worst experiences you can have is a documentary about a subject you're not already interested in yeah. that is made boringly. Yes. That's the worst thing, especially if it's in the cinema. It's like... It's got to be cinematic. This is just televisual. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I don't think this would have come out in the cinema no, anyway. No, no. But still, you know, it's got to have some flair to it. Yeah, and this just has absolutely no flair whatsoever. It's like 70 minutes long. Right. It's very short. It's well, that's good. barely feature length. Yeah. But it feels like, structurally, it feels like the first episode of a documentary series. On Vice. On Vice. Yeah. And then the last 15 minutes feels like the rest of the season crushed into 15 right, minutes. Right. So they spend uh, like a decent amount of time setting every, everybody up. Where, you know, Tony Hawk is talking about, oh, I started skateboarding when at this time, this is the type of skateboarding I specialized in. And then yeah. skateboarding sort of peaked and then it went down again. And then before the games came out, everything was in a trough. He says like um, on the side, in order to actually have money to live, mm. I had to do some video editing work. Because my skateboarding wasn't, you know, right. it wasn't enough to sustain me. So I just did video editing on the side. Right. And I was just like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, that was like, that's your, pers- your ambition. Yeah, like, you I'm, like I'm giving everything I've got to become a video editor. And this guy's just like, oh, yeah, because because I needed money. I just did it. We've you know? talked about this, though, before, haven't we? That had, if we were this age in the 90s, I feel like we'd already be working. Yeah. Um, so if you could do it back then, then you could, then you were doing it. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, everyone thinks they can edit and write now. <laughs> but it's just, the, yeah, I don't think they realize people yeah. who do that, where they like, they flippantly offhandedly say like, oh, I did this thing on the side. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be like a non, not insubstantial amount of people to who that is the dream. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I saw like yeah. the first episode, there's this, I don't know if it's still ongoing, but there's a series inside Legoland. I think it's on like Channel 5 or something. Right. Where it's like a series about like the inner workings of Legoland. Mm. And the first episode, like the new guy shows up. Mm. The new guy who like builds the models that are at Legoland. Right. And he's like, yeah, you know, I was like, I was training to become a teacher. And then I saw like the position yeah. for Lego building. I was like, yeah, I played with Lego when I was younger. Why not? Like, fuck you. There are, <laughs> like, you know, there are people who yeah. have dedicated their entire lives and you've just taken, Lego. yeah. You know, like, Harvey Weinstein at least, yeah. like, gave people careers. Yeah. You're just taking them away from people. Yeah. You cunt. He is worse than Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. I can't remember your name, Lego, Lego Landman, but you are worse than Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. And you are as well, one, Tony Hawk. What, um, has Tony Hawk ever been embroiled in any controversies? Well, if he has, this documentary doesn't bring those up. Because if he hasn't, then he's just like a guy that 
Because that sounds like you could interview anybody yeah. and they would say, you know, so, oh yeah, I was struggling for money at one point, so I did this extra job. That's nothing noteworthy. That's just yeah. what people do. I get the impression from the documentary that if you're not talking to Tony Hawk about skateboarding, he would be a very boring man to talk to. Yeah, I, I, think I can he's, imagine so. You know, like, you are a writer. Mm. That is in your bones. You are a writer. I am born to be a writer. I am a writer. To me, it's a similar thing with video editing. That's, like, right. my thing. Yeah. But I like to think that if someone is talking to us not about those subjects, we can person we can hold sway. Yeah, yes. we we can talk about other things. Yeah. Whereas Tony Hawk is one of those people. I genuinely don't think you could have any interesting conversation with him that isn't about a subject. Yeah, like skateboarding. That well, he this knows. is kind of interesting because we talked before about on this podcast about football mm. and why they what what is this issue with footballers. And all these rape stories and sexual assaults and oh, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And it was pointed out that to be a, a successful footballer, you need to only be good at football. It carries nothing else with it. Yeah. It, it, it requires no other skill set that you hone anything else. It's just if you're young and you're good at it, they're going to throw money at you. Yeah. How can you be expected to behave yourself in, in a way? Mm. Whereas, like we said, with acting... You're a good actor if you cultivate empathy. Mm. So it does kind of imply, uh, not always, of course, because some actors are sociopaths, but <laughs> it can imply, it implies that with a writer, it's kind of got to imply that you're interested in the world to some degree, mm. right? Yeah. If you're going to be a good one anyway. And so, yeah, you should be able to hold a conversation with most people. Yes. Um, whereas if Tony Hawk, what does he have to be good at other than skateboarding yeah <laughs> you know it's like all he has to do and yeah. so I guess he's a good businessman as well you know given suppose, what he's cultivated but yeah yeah like if he has been embroiled in any it just sounds like there's nothing there's no meat there there's nothing to really talk about yeah Kirk Cobain it's you know oh yeah it's, you're right that documentary with, probably left had to leave stuff out yeah you yeah know? exactly um yeah okay so it's for people who already like Skateboarding I think so, them. yeah. Right. There's, um, like I said, there's that weird structure where they spend a lot of time setting it up. Then they talk about Pro Skater 1. And I was like, oh man, it like changed everything. Uh. And they talk about Pro Skater 2 and they're like, oh my God, this changed everything more. Yeah. And then for the last 15 minutes, it's like, oh yeah, and there was also Pro Skater 3, 4, and then we did like another sub-series right. and we did a bunch of like hardware gimmicks. And yeah, all that stuff kind of didn't do as well, you know? But the thing, you've, you've got to convince though. us, you've got to convince me and you that it was important. Yeah. I'm sorry it was obviously important to skateboarders yeah. and, but I need to you need to show me that that's the case yeah I we I can't judge the, the montage of heck really because I'm a big Nirvana fan mm. and Supersonic I'm a big but I feel like if you watch those without really knowing anything about them mm. you'd get what the impact was of those bands yeah yeah, I think I don't know if it's a point that's made in the documentary or whether that's a point that I've arrived at on my own yeah. but like that the fact that you know who Tony Hawk is and you know what those pro skater games are, mm. despite not only never have playing having having played them, yeah. but you've never watched any skateboarding, no. you've never really played video games, certainly yeah. not in that field. Mm. So I think that alone is a testament yeah. to the power of those games. Well, I, if, but if, if does, the games you know, didn't exist, I wouldn't have heard of them. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't feel it. The yeah. impact that those games have, yeah. it's not felt in the documentary. I mean, the reason I've heard of him is just because. I was a kid in the late 90s and early noughties with friends who had Playstations mm. and they all had Tony Hawk Pro Skater yeah. on PS1 mm. you know so you, that name just sinks in after a while yeah. but yeah no I definitely wouldn't have heard of him had it not been for the no absolutely not I, and, and he himself has admitted like if those games hadn't come out I'd be nobody yeah I can't name you another skateboarder no 
No, I've know. watched that documentary and I probably couldn't name you another <laughs> yeah. skateboarder. Yeah. They do cunningly, interestingly, this is the last point I'll make. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5, which I find interesting. Okay. Because the documentary has just come out, and I found production photos on the website that went as far back as 2018. Mm. So I'm going to assume this went into production in about 2018. Right. 2015, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 comes out, right? Critical failure. Commercial failure. Yeah. This game wasn't just bad. It was literally unplayable when it was released. If you just bought the disc... Yeah and you didn't download or you didn't have access to the internet to download the 8 gigabyte patch right. that was necessary to unlock all of the content in the video game right. you couldn't play the game that you just bought right. for like a short period of time it was the thing the internet hated mm-hmm. you know it was it was the graphics were shit given that it was out on like a PlayStation 4 it didn't look any better than the PlayStation 2 game right it was just an utter failure okay. in every sense of the word it's not brought up in the documentary. Well, that's, that should be the biggest sign then of, of where the, fil- the filmmakers are coming from. But they do bring up all of the other games in the series. Right. The ones that start... Like, they bring up the ones where it's sort of like, yeah, you know, they were still good, but interest started to dip. It's yeah. like, okay, that's fair enough. Yeah. That's fair they would bring those up. Then they brought up, like, games which just didn't do well commercially because they had, like, all these unnecessary peripherals and, like, the, the hardware didn't work. And they mm. were like, yeah, you know, we, we tried to do something new, but it was an experiment that kind of right. failed. It's like, okay, they're acknowledging their failures. And then it comes to the biggest, like, objectively the biggest failure of that franchise. Mm. Not a word. Okay, then either they didn't want to go there as fans. Yeah. Either anyone they interviewed didn't want to go there. Mm. Or they're just not that competent at what they do. It's like, oh, we're done now. We got everything we need. Yeah. That'll do. Yeah. I mean, the fact it's 70 minutes, like, it's a blessing that it's that short, but also suggests there's not a... Uh, an abundance of content as you say yeah what can you do yeah and it does genuinely feel like uh, we, there's nothing we can really do here let's yeah, just talk yeah. to them for a bit and hope this you know there's yeah. something here at the end of it because it doesn't even sound like like with supersonic it shots them like coming off the dole yeah to that um nebworth i think that that gig yeah um not all of a waste it has a focus yes whereas this it's it's broad yeah. It just misses out that final bit. It misses out that final bit yeah. and it condenses all of its failures yeah. and like mares yeah. into like 15 minutes. It's, whereas the two classics get the, the lion's share of the documentary. It's, it's incompetence then. It's okay. though, though the people who, or the people who made it clearly, they came of a, you know, they grew up with it. Mm. They loved those first games. They didn't really want to talk about the newer stuff. Yeah. That's what it was. Okay. Um, I don't know what, what would be an equivalent. Like just pick a director that like whose first films you loved. Like, yeah, let's talk about um, The Prestige and The Dark Knight Interstellar and then The Dark Knight Rises. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. that, isn't it? Like, you just don't want to talk about those yeah, things exactly, as much. Yeah, So, it's so not a recommendation. Not though. a recommendation. And I'm disappointed. That title genuinely oversold it to me. I was expecting <laughs> something, you know? So, what is, what is pretending I'm a Superman, then? I don't know. Yeah, that's never brought up. Not really. I mean... It's like, the, yeah, I mean, when I was a kid with a skateboard, I just, I would go, you know... <laughs> yeah, I don't remember anything like that. No. The 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 theme song to either Pro Skater One or Two is called Superman. All oh, right. So I wonder if that was like. I... Oh, I can't remember, but it's one of those bands from that era. It's, yeah, I think I know it. It's not Primus, but it's someone like Primus. I think. Hang on. I think I think that the video is in my head. Okay. Um, Superman song. Yeah. It's just going to be the John. Well, Williams just score, Superman Pro Skater. Oh, Pro Skater. Okay. Yeah. Um, by Goldfinger. Yeah, Goldfinger. Okay, no, I haven't heard that. Oh, okay. 
What's the other Superman song? It's a, it's a like late nineties, early noughties. I'll be your Superman. Ah, oh. I'm no Superman. No, it's that's, not. It's not even that that's one. A, that's it's not one. even that one. Um, Superman pop punk. <laughs> oh, that's gonna wind me up. No, it's not. It's not. It's not Goldfinger. It's not Green Day. Okay, the the song is Kryptonite by Three Doors Down. Oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah I know that yeah. Uh, what's it go like? Can you remember? No, but I know it. <laughs> it does. It involves something about like I'll be your Superman or some yeah, shit yeah, like yeah. that, isn't it? No, I, yeah, I've, I've heard of it definitely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want to do another film review? Well, I have a question first. Oh, go on then. Uh, a, hi- uh, a a thought. Quiddles queries. A, qu- a criddle query. Yeah. Quiddle. Quiddle. Uh, no. Quid- quiddles queries. No quiddles. <laughs> okay. Quiddles queries. Uh, it has a theme song, I guess. Sure. Did it? Did it? Welcome to Criddles Queries. Um, if an individual was doing a cover song, a mm. cover of a song, mm. so it would be a cover song. Yeah. If somebody was doing a cover of a song, yeah, but the song featured the original singer, right? Is it still a cover song? Yeah. And that was <laughs> okay. So where is the line? Where is the line between okay, this is just another official version of the song, and this is a different version of the song, a cover of the song? Give me an example of that's, the thing. That's what I'm asking for. No, but you're, you're you're talking about a cover song where the original singer is involved. Yeah. Give me an example. Um, well, I'm asking because there's a like a YouTuber who does like heavy metal right. covers of video game music mm-hmm. and he did a song he covered a song called Dance Through the Danger which I think is a theme it's a theme song from one of the Shantae video games and it features the original singer even right. though he's doing all of the music right and obviously Way Forward who I think is the company that owns Shantae they obviously didn't sh- uh, sanction mm-hmm. that cover it's not like oh this is an official version of Shantae yeah. but the original singer who also voices Shantae mm. is doing that song right and that's in fairness that's why I'm asking is because I think one of the first comments there is is this still a cover song right yeah I think it's still a cover song okay because enough is different okay I mean I sp- it's a cover song no that doesn't qualify because I'm trying to think of the difference between like a cover song and a remix hmm well, a, re- a remix can be done by a third party a third party or first party right yeah a remix doesn't whereas cover songs are only third party mm-hmm I suppose you could do a cover of your own song, but that's just another version of that song, right? Yeah, but it's if it if all the original personnel are involved, yeah, then it's probably alternate version. Okay, like um, the beginning is the end is the beginning. Oh, Smashing okay. Pumpkins. They've yeah, got yeah. like three or four versions of that song. Yes, but it's all by them. Okay, uh, they're not covers. They are just alternate versions. So if you're doing, if you have a band and you yeah. do, you, the band is doing a cover of their own song, then that's an alternate version of that song yeah but if like the drummer is different it's a cover no it's still been all I don't know I mean like because you you could then argue that every time a band performs its songs live they're covering their songs okay <laughs> which they're not are they they're no. just performing their own songs yeah um like when Metallica replaced well, when their bassist died yeah and they got in Robert Trujillo has every song been there it's been a cover since <laughs> they've been a yeah, cover yeah. song yeah uh, I don't know. I guess I know it when I see it. It's you know, it's, it's like a, it's or- a, un- yeah, it's an unsatisfying <laughs> answer. But uh, I don't know if I can delineate a boundary. Okay, so for example, uh, I think Foo Fighters in one of their live concerts they did a cover of "Never Gonna Give You Up." Yeah, by Rick Astley, and he featured, and Rick Astley sang the song. Yeah, that's a cover. Yeah, 
Okay. Yeah. See, my, in those instances, my question is, what's the point? Well, I mean, they, I, I want to. If I want, if Foo Fighters are doing cover of "Never Gonna Give You Up," I want to hear Dave Grohl singing "Never Gonna Give You." I want. I can hear. I can hear Rick Astley right in the original version. I don't. But the original. Rick, the original version is a a dance pop song from the eighties. Yeah. And they, they were playing it on guitars and. Yes. So in that sense, yeah, yeah it's, it's a rock a, version. I'm never going to give you up. It's a Foo Fighters cover. I want Foo Fighters to not, cover it. It's not a cover, is it? It's it was just like at a live event. They brought him on to do a song. So it's it, not a cover. It's well, it, it wasn't recorded. No, they played. So a, does it have to be recorded for it to be? A no, cover? no, they played a cover of it. Okay. But it wasn't like they recorded a cover of it. If they, had they recorded a cover of "Never Going to Give You Up," I'm yeah. sure Dave Grohl would have sung. Right. But that was just like that happens all the time, isn't it? Like we're going to bring out Chris Cornell to sing "Crawling with Us." Yeah. You know, it's just like he happened to be in the city, probably. Right. Okay. It's like, yeah, I'll just bring Rick. Yeah, it wouldn't be funny if we played "Never Going to Give You Up" as a rock song. Okay. And Rick Astley actually came on and sung. Hmm. Speaking of which, I was quite impressed with that performance. Oh, okay. Because it's like, he hasn't lost it. Okay. It's still like, he's a performer. Like, he knew how to work the crowd and, mm. you know, uh, tour the stage. He didn't just stand and sing. Well, you had to be a performer back in those days, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, he did. Well, we watched a bunch of, um, kind of, 80s music videos. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I was watching again yesterday with my dad, and it did make me think, like, I do miss it when you had to be able to sing and dance. Yeah. And, like, Put on the show, yeah, which isn't the case anymore. No, you're either a singer or a dancer, yeah. aren't you? You either get something like a WAP where it's a performance, it's not a piece of music, no. or you have like an indie, you know, like I guess Human by Rag and Bone Man, where he's right. just standing there singing. He probably can't move, to be fair. Yeah, well, there yeah. is that. <laughs> but you know what I mean, like an indie, an indie star who's just like, oh, I'm just focusing on my singing. Yeah. Or like a pop star, it's like, oh, I'm focusing on the performance. Yeah. You ne- they never combine the two you know? yeah yeah. even just look at something like um, oh, what, what's the name of the Bucks Fizz you know uh, <laughs> like, that, like that song is a routine I a genuinely routine. like for a month yeah just unironically yeah. we just make music videos like that yeah 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 not us I mean like the industry yeah yeah like for a month just like right we're just making ABBA Bucks Fizz yeah. those types We're of music videos. We're making sincere pop songs yeah. that aren't like, ironic or you're going to you're going to be expected to dance. Do you know what? Not even not even that. Just the music videos. I'll right. I'll even take the same shit music that they pump out constantly right. with an ABBA style music video. Right. In what like filmed with those like that era of camera and or? just with that same attitude earnestness earnestness yeah yeah. we're actually hey, we like the music we're yeah doing the music yeah. like what's the ABBA music video where like one of them's looking to the side and one of them's looking at the camera oh, and loads. then they turn <laughs> there's loads um, know me knowing you though I yeah think, the, yeah uh-huh. yeah that yeah just that yeah was if, like, why? WAP, if WAP <laughs> what's had the it, thinking behind if WAP this? had a music video like that yeah I'd like it a little bit better I think even though yeah. even if it's the exact same song inexplicable choreography yeah yeah I was like, okay I guess we're doing that now yeah yeah, I know what you mean. Because it's it's kind of awkward as well. That's the thing. Yeah, they're, they're not tailor, not crafted. Yeah, yeah, it way. doesn't feel. Uh, yeah, crafted. It doesn't yeah. feel like a product. It feels yeah. homemade. It feels like oh, these are people doing yeah. this. Like know? when Dancing Queen. That's probably the most famous video. When they're on stage, they're kind of like. It's like the karaoke singers. Like they they're not doing elaborate dance moves or anything. They're yeah. just sort of. They're just dancing together, but it's anyone could do it yeah it's, you know. I mean there's, there's certainly a place for um, like perfection and oh like, yeah you know, Michael Jackson and Michael like, Jackson yeah. but also like the, the example that came to my mind is you remember the opening to A Few Good Men where they're sort yeah. of like 
you know, moving their guns. Marines, yeah. Yeah, and it's sort of like in perfect unison and it's so smooth and just satisfying to watch. Yes. There's definitely a place for that. Mm -hmm. But I think there's also a place and I'd say a need for fallibility. Yeah, imperfection. Imperfection. There's no imperfection anymore. There's, I mean, like, look at the, the, some of the pop stars of the 80s and they look terrible. What's his name? Happy Monday? It's Sean Ryder, yeah. Sean Ryder? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Where, Where did people like him go? Yeah, like you genuinely you and just bears. don't get. We don't have bears. bears. We, what, there are no bears anymore. They've ended up on uh, Gogglebox. It's the most uh. depressing thing in the world. <laughs> Sean Ryder watching, you know, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here with bears. Like, ah, it's well good. <laughs> oh Jesus! I don't know. I can't think of an unattractive star at the moment. I really can't. No. Yeah. Rag and Bone Man, I guess, is the closest you can. I, I think he has an appeal to people. Yeah, like a bear appeal. Sort yeah. Of. But you know what I mean? Like even rock stars now, they kind of. They they all they've got that all time low you me at six vibe, those skinny bitches. Yeah. Um, I do miss you know, meatloaf and uh, <laughs> you know, Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers was a, like a, a number a pop a charting pop star. Mm. You've seen Kenny Rogers? No. Look, look at the Google him. It's, it, you know, it's, um, Elton John. You look at the way they looked yeah. in the seventy. They look like shit. David Bowie. Ugly uh, fucker. He's, but he has that kind of androgynous appeal. Yeah, but there, there's something about David Bowie, yeah. you know? But I think you know most people I mean? look at David Bowie and go, ooh, I don't know what it is, but I've never seen it naked before. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a, a handsome man. Yeah. You know? He's a, yeah. But I, yeah, I definitely do miss that. I miss, um, you could be a bloater <laughs> and still get a number one. Because if you are now, it's about how you being fat is great. Yeah. What, is it Lizzo? Is she a singer? What's this? Oh, she's a fat black woman. I think she's a singer, but she's like a she's become the uh, the poster blimp for <laughs> okay for like fat uh, celebration, right? What's it, fat positivity? Fat positivity. I and then you've got that fucking I don't know if it, it's not the same person. That woman, you know, that uh, woman from Chicken Lady from Chicken Lady from Eurovision. From she's Eurovision. another one. Yeah, um, Megan Trainer. Is she all about that base? About that base? No trouble. Oh, she's, is she big? I think she's quite big, isn't she? Oh, I didn't... Okay. Not Who like... I, oh, not, I oh, Jess Glynn I was thinking of. Oh, no, she's t- traditional. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it's about that now, mm. you know? It, it, you, couldn't, you can't just happen to be fat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I and miss people, the days where people were ashamed of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, and, and the days where people... Like, like Adele, she lost a bunch of weight recently, yeah. didn't she? And people have criticised her for it. Mm-hmm. It's like, how fucking dare you be healthy? You sell out. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. genuinely, yeah. It's like yeah. you were, you were, you were a um, a pillar, like like a like a figurehead. Yeah, a monolith, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And now look at you. Yeah, you thin cunt. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, in answer to your question, I'll know it when I see it. Oh, well, this is this has been a great podcast, doesn't it? <laughs> so useful. Yeah. I don't know how. What? what what's your opinion? Um. I mean, I, I I thought there was enough nuance there yeah. to bring it to your attention. Okay. Clearly, I was mistaken. Well, if you thought there was nuance, express it. Well, I read that. Yeah. And it's that thing where you go, you go, you immediately go to answer, and yeah. then you stop yourself and realize, oh, I actually don't know. Right. Ooh, that's an interesting point. I'll bring it up yeah. with Sam. Interesting discussions will be had. Did you think we would like have an answer? Like, this is what makes I it I thought we would at least arrive at one, you know? Well, we have arrived at one. Yeah, but it's shit. Is, uh, <laughs> I'll know it when you, you I know, don't, I show don't it to like me that and I'll, I'll let you know. Okay.
What's your next question? Um, Quiddle's question. <laughs> I don't think it's a question. Okay. It's more a, a statement. Okay. Do you want me to respond to it? You can... Or do you res- want to leave it hanging? Well, you can respond to it if you feel okay. necessary. Okay. Um, if I were a serial killer, yeah. you know what I would do? What would you do? I'd pretend that I was sponsored by a company. Okay. Like Pepsi. Right. Or Disney. Okay. I don't know why nobody's ever done that. Go on. Because serial killers, like, no imagination, right? Uh, well. No, no, it's like, know. oh, I'm, 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 I'm gonna, oh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna step outside the boundaries of law. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, right. you know, I'm gonna answer to nobody and I'm going to, you know, I am now believed, I believe that I'm capable of doing the most heinous things. Nothing right. can stop me. Oh, I'm gonna kill a person. Well, they're serial killers. Oh, how that's original. Sort of, sort of what they do. Like, I'm not going to, you know... Ed Kemper cut his mother's head off and used it to give himself a blow. Yeah, job. and that's, that's the kind of, that's the the kind of creativity that I miss. Okay, you know? okay. But, not but just, there aren't really any serial killers anymore. But I'm not just talking about, like, the... the um, no, there aren't. And yeah. that's something we need to change. We yeah. need serial killers back. We want the 70s back. Basically. Yeah, genuinely, yeah. yeah. Um, like, I genuinely would, would, would love to have been about when, like... <laughs> You know, I mentioned like before, there were like three serial killers around the time of Ed yeah. Kemper. There was Ed Kemper, there was the Zodiac, and there was the Michael Collins serial killer. Yes. Yeah. He's not called Michael Collins, yeah. but it's the same principle. Where he's like the other one. The other one. Um, I'd love to have been in like one of the towns that were like at the center of that. Like, what must life have been like knowing that like if you step out your door, there's one of yeah. I think you might want like you might want that to be happening with you in a safe at a safe distance. Well, it's sort of like when COVID started, isn't it? There was right. that novelty of holy shit, life isn't like this. Yeah, this is something new, and we are experiencing it. Kind of like that. It's like where well, there are curfews and stuff. Yeah, just genuinely like, what must it have been like to live in fear? I mean, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, you have to conduct your like everyday life must continue. I don't. But you're walking out the door knowing, oh, I might not come home. I don't think it would be that interesting, to be honest. Okay. Well, I'm sure it would it would wear thin very quickly. Yeah. I mean, it would just be a vague. You just know there's a killer, relatively near. Yeah. You're still probably gonna operate on the assumption that like you're safe. Okay. Because most people obviously are. Yeah. Oh uh, well, I'm not a young blonde woman. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I'm, I'm gonna be fine. Uh, oh, just it would be a, just a hint of danger, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, don't you get when you're like walking? You know, at night on your own through Cardiff when you're mm. drunk or whatever, there's the, the slight possibility you're going to get mugged or attacked. I don't feel it, though. No, but exactly. I don't think you really would if there was a serial killer, either. Okay. Not really. Okay. Well, thank but, you for poking think, the hole in that balloon. I think if there was, like, you were on your own and there was a guy that appeared to be following you, you'd start to get, be like, oh, that could be a killer. Yeah. Other than that, I think life would pretty much go on as normal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just the fact that serial killers are, like, you know... Oh, they'll leave. They, you know, I think Zodiac left behind notes for the police or yeah. something. And you know, sometimes they'll do stuff like that, but they'll like fuck with the police. Mm-hmm. But most of them, they'll just like kill a person and like, oh, that's that's my lot. That's it. Right. I'm I'm sort of satisfied now. I don't well, really... they, they, you gotta understand, they're not doing it as a craft. A lot of them, they're not trying to like be artists. Well, maybe that's where they're going wrong. Okay, they're just doing it because it's like, whereas you and I need to take a shit, they need to kill. Right. They also need to take a shit. Yeah. But they need it's the same compulsion. Okay. They're just, like they're not trying to be uh, virtuoso, virtuosic about it, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. But there's, I'm just like, I'm just, yeah, there's not, there's not been one serial killer yeah. who's like, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's pulled a woman aside, you know, yeah. he's, she slit her throat, slit right. her wrists, cut her up, right. left her in the forest. Yeah, the police find her. Yeah, and you just see like, you know, the Pepsi logo. Okay, and it's like this, this, this murder was sponsored by Pepsi. Why would you do that? Well, just for fun. 
for fun. I want to, I, no, for, yeah, kind of for fun. But also, I genuinely want to see how it affects Pepsi. It wouldn't at all. You say that, but like... Would, more people would buy it, if anything. But you said that about Corona, and yeah. their stock has dropped like 130 million since Corona. Very different circumstances. Well, no. People, because if you People said, are still dying. It doesn't matter whether they're being killed by a virus it, or by a serial killer. But people are still dying the, in the name of The name of the virus is Corona. Yeah. If we... I don't know. If the name of the killer was the, you know, the, uh, the Heineken killer... Yeah. Then the sales <laughs> of Heineken might go down. But... If you were murdering people and said this is sponsored by Pepsi, yeah. like carving it in the tree or whatever, yeah. that would just be a detail. Like, oh, the, the nutter thinks he's sponsored by Pepsi. What if he they're is not, sponsored by Pepsi? But they're not, they're gonna, you're, you're insane enough that you're murdering people yeah. uh, for no reason. I think they're going, going to assume you're not sponsored by Pepsi. Oh, it's know. a reasonable assumption to make, isn't it? Okay. But what are, Picking you, a depend. No, if you really want to fuck. So my thing with terrorism, right? Okay. Is if you really want to strike terror into the heart of a people, mm. you go to a random area like where I'm living, the suburbs of nowhere, and you just walk into people's houses and you murder them. Mm. That's how you really inspire. It can happen anywhere. Yeah. Right? Oh, God, this guy will just walk into my home. Yeah. It, and it's not like London. It's, yeah. it's you know, uh, Greg Wen. Um, I think with serial killers, if you really want to have an impact, say you're sponsored by a local independent business. Oh, that, right. That, like... If you say, oh, this is sponsored by Amazon, oh, he's a fucking nut job. Right. I'm sponsored by KJS Quality Meats. Like, Ooh, we're going to have to... I've never heard of that. We're going to have to look into that. Okay. Like, they would genuinely have to follow that lead. Yeah. Whereas if it's... That's just going to be brushed off as, all right, maybe he works for Amazon, but he's a, he's clearly a fucking nut <laughs> Well, I don't know. If you, if you kill enough, or if you kill... If the severity of your kills is enough, mm-hmm. I think there's going to be people who will, you know, they will f- associate you with the product oh it's it's the um the rumney rapist and he's you know gone around killing all these women why is he but they're calling him a rapist okay (laughs) he's gone around killing everyone but they they are focusing mainly on the rape the the sanganit slayer right um he's going around doing his business yes and um oh look disney Right. He's sponsored by Disney. Yeah. They keep saying he's sponsored by Disney. So you keep so every, saying the same every company. Time, yeah, every time you, they go and watch... It'll, it will eventually reach the point where they go and watch a Disney film. Yeah. And they're going to be thinking, oh, yeah, this is Ganeth Slayer. That's assuming that you don't get caught quickly. Well, I obviously wouldn't get caught. Why? I'm talking... This isn't like, you know... I think we're, I was working on the assumption that, like, I've got it all figured out, right? Right. If I'm going to serial... Oh, no, but you can't just... If, it's a hypothetical. It can't be anything. If I'm going to serial you, kill, yeah. I know what I'm doing. Right. Okay. I'm talking about like what do we do on top of that? Like, I, like, like I've achieved a base level of, of competence. Of competence. Right. Now we're sort of having fun with it. You're not gonna get. You know. You basically know you're not gonna get caught. Yeah. Okay. Kill 17 women in the name of Disney and tell right. me that the general public are not going to associate Disney with the Sanganid Slayer. Um. Well, they would associate you with Disney, certainly. Yeah. But like when Mulan three comes out. Yeah. They, like, um, Aquafina is not going to be doing an right. interview. And they're going to go, so, the Singanith Slayer business, Aquafina, yeah. what do you think of that? Well, no. No? I think it, de- it depends on the, the scale of the thing. I mean, it's probably not going to be international news, is it? The Singanith Slayer. Well, you don't know that. I can assume so. You, you, you underestimate the, the brutality <laughs> of my actions? Think, the serial killers, they, there are still serial killers. Yeah, but they're, uh, no, they're no fun anymore. We don't hear about them. Yeah. They're, 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 it's state news. Well, are they serial killers or are they terrorists? No, serial killers. No, that's what I'm saying. Is serial killing, like, is that sort of um, 
uh, like bundled up with terrorism now. Like, oh, that's domestic terrorism. That's not serial no, killing. No, they're very distinct things. Okay. I don't know. That's what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah, no. Oh, right. Terrorism is ideological, mostly. Yeah. Um, or religious. Serial killing well, like is these, psychological. These attacks, is it Birmingham? Yeah, These stabbings. stabbings. Yeah. That's gang, though, isn't it? It was gang-related, is it? I don't know. Okay. I, I really don't know. But that's the thing. I don't know whether that would, like... Oh, yeah, that... that in the olden days, we would have called this... Uh, we would have called this guy a serial killer, but now we're going to call him a domestic terrorist because... Well, it's... Blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. Serial killers don't have a cause. Okay. They have their impulse. I, I see. I think that's the psychological thing, whereas... I think a fundamental mistake that people make, and I'm not, obviously not the first to say this, about terrorists is that they're all psychopaths. They're okay. not. They just believe in something you don't. I see. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely a, a difference, but I'm sure they're, they're, they're still serial killers in Milwaukee, uh, but it's state news. It's not um, okay. international news because, I don't know, maybe there's actually so many that it's not newsworthy anymore. Maybe <laughs> right. it's not a case that we don't get them anymore. Maybe yeah. it's just there's a preponderance of them, and so... It's not news. And like these days, you, you kill two or three and then you're caught. Right. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. Maybe that's research we should be doing. Either way, I think yeah. serial killers need to step up their game. I'm happy with them <laughs> uh, remaining quite muted. But, but don't you miss, like, you know, you talk about, like, serial killers. It's like, oh, yeah, Ed Kemper, Albert Fish. Like, these are all, like, well, you know, miss it, these are all the, the classics. These are, like, the old, yeah. you know. But that's because they're prototypes. That's why. Yes. Yeah. But also... You know, they got it right the first time. But how how do you get bigger and st- and not be caught? Well, you, I suppose you get bigger by being able to achieve what Ed Kemper achieved in 2020. But you can't, though. No, that's why yeah, he yeah. would, like, that's what's so impressive about it. Yeah. You know? You were able to be an old-fashioned serial killer yes. in the age of, like, you know, surveillance and, and yeah. DNA profiling being as good right. as it is and that yes. kind of stuff. Okay, but that's obviously, it's not possible, is it? Unless, unless you're a serial killer in Namibia. Or, is no, is, are people just not trying hard enough, Sam? Um, well, I'm sure ki- serial killers uh, are doing their best to not get caught. Yes. But there's only so much you can do, isn't it? Without kind of leaving evidence. Okay. Because that's like, I think most, like, we've been given the wrong impression of serial killers, I think. They've been done a, a, mis- a, a disservice by shows like Hannibal, and it's just not like that for most, is it? It's You have the odd ones that where it, there's an artistry to it mm. if you like it yeah but I think like, Silence of the Lambs and things like that they created this the following kind of attitude where they're all they've got their thing they've yeah. got their niche you know idiosyncrasy mm. and this one's the cleaver and he he's a butcher you know yeah he, they're kind of like superheroes where it's like this exactly, is his you know, power yeah, that's, yeah this is his branding this is his yeah, you know iconography there's yeah. the alter ego there's and it's just not like it's just a guy isn't it uh, you know <laughs> a very disturbed twisted individual very disturbed yeah who just wants to kill people yeah um, so my response is alright oh we'll end the segment then <laughs> <laughs> is that, do you have any more questions no I don't think no I don't you don't no okay I think you do I think you're holding back no I don't you don't no okay you sure I'm just trying to remember the theme song alright dun 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 boom wasn't it something like that okay <laughs> That was Criddle's... Criddle's. Criddle's questions. Criddle's queries. Whatever. (laughs) Criddle's queries. (laughs) Okay. Back to films. Yeah. Uh, How familiar are you with the Bill and Ted movies, Sam? I haven't seen any of them. Okay. Neither have I. Yeah. But I watched the third one. See, I know you did. Yeah. You shouldn't have done that. Why shouldn't I have done that? Because it's like watching Dexter season... Starting with season five of Dexter. Well, I did that. 
I know. <laughs> That's my point. And now I'm going back yeah. to see... I've finished season three now. Yeah. So I'm about to start series four. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I've watched series five, six, seven, and eight first mm-hmm. has not diminished my enjoyment. If anything, I, okay. I feel like, oh God, these are great. Okay. You know? Separate point. My point with this is... This film was created out of out of nostalgia. Yes, but you you don't know anything that it's referencing. No, I don't. So does that mean that in a sense I'm sort of an ideal candidate to watch this because I can I can no. sincerely I can sincerely judge if this film stands on its own or whether it is just you have to have nostalgia for Bill and Ted. You can judge work. whether it stands on its own as a film. Yes, but it feels. It just feels dumb not to watch the first two before watching the film. Okay, I would have watched the first two. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. I watched the Red We Let- didn't. I watched the Red Letter Media review. Yeah, as did I. Yeah. Yeah. And so and then I watched the third one. And then watched the third one. We didn't watch the first two. I didn't watch the first two. You said you would have watched the first two. Maybe. What stopped you watching the first two? Well, it's Bill and Ted's one of those films that everybody always brings up, isn't it? And it's I have never I've never seen it, so Okay. It's like oh, I'll you know. So I won't watch it. No, no, I've just never got round to it. Yeah. Now why didn't you watch the first two before you watched the well, third the one? Well the third one came out. Yeah, but so why didn't you watch the I first two? I don't know. I, for some reason, I thought like, oh, we do a film podcast. Yeah, we'll probably be bringing it up. Yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna get ahead of the game. Right, I'm gonna watch it. But you haven't even watched Bill and Ted Face the Music. No. So okay, I haven't watched it. Well, I haven't seen the first two. But it's the third one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't. I can't. It's out now. I'm trying to think of an equivalent. Why would you not like? Oh well, use the third one as like a like a barometer of whether it's worth going back to watch. The no, first that's two. stupid. Why is it stupid? Because the first two are 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 well loved classics. Yes. And so if the third one is terrible, then it's going to make me not want to watch the first two. There is that. Yeah. It's this isn't like a massive thing. There are three. It's number one, number two, number three. Yeah. You start with number one. It's just a, that's the simple. Okay. It's as simple as that. Well, I started, it's not like James Bond. Yeah. You know. Well, I've started with number three. Yeah, you did. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, from what I understand, yeah, this is pretty in line with Bill and Ted. Right. This is this isn't like oh, it's a failure of a Bill and Ted movie. Mm-hmm. It's not too far divorced from the humor and the attitude of Bill and Ted. From what I understand, this is a faithful, genuine representation of Bill and Ted. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay. Okay. <laughs> it's, yeah. um, it's, there's an innocence to it that I appreciate. Right. Because the humour, I mean, this is, all, like, like that type of humour came from, like, the 80s, obviously. Mm. The type of Bill and Ted's sort of stoner without being stoners. Yeah. Like, kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. I think that's the appeal of Bill and Ted. It's stupid comedy that's just, like, it's a little bit smarter mm-hmm. than stupid comedy, mm-hmm. but it's still stupid. Yeah. Um, and it definitely has that. But because it's, you know, it's a throwback and because it's trying to be the next installment in the Bill and Ted series, mm-hmm. it doesn't have the the cynicism and that kind of, like, knowingness. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of, like, self-aware streak that a lot of comedy films try to have mm-hmm. where, you know, you got, like, people jimming the camera Right. You know, metaphorically or not. You yeah. Know, not metaphorically or not. Um, literally, literally or not. Or not. Yeah. So, the, yeah, there's an innocence to it, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. But it's a very it's it's a very sloppy movie. Yeah. Again, I think that's the appeal of Bill and Ted, mm-hmm. but, you know... Well, there's a difference between sloppily made and yes. sloppy. Well, it's lazily made. Okay. I'd say it's... It, it, it's um, Given that it's come out in 2020, it looks like a film that could have come out in the early noughties. Right. Not in terms of the quality of the cameras that they've used, but in terms of the 
the cinematography and certainly the CG that they've used. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly cheap looking CG. Right. It looks bad. Isn't it? Was that Kickstarter? I don't know. Okay. I know that I think that like all of the original writers and like actors, I think they've all come back. Yeah. So it's a passion project, definitely. But I don't know if it was Kickstarter. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do have notes. Yeah. But that's the thing. I, I thought that there was going to be, I thought you would have seen it. Right. So I'm sort of like, oh, I'm having to adjust the Libby, you know, back well, and forth. Well, I, I wouldn't have seen it anyway had I seen the first two because right. it's not been released in the UK yet. Oh, is it not? No. Ah, I see. Oh, have I just given away my... Well, uh, I don't know how well-reviewed it's been. There's a, there's a lot riding on me watching the film. Okay. I don't know if I ever would have watched it. Okay. But, um, uh, yeah, no, it's fine that we're doing this now. Okay. All right. Um, I mean, the film is about music. Like, it's called Bill and Ted right. Face the Music. I think, like, the running thing is that Bill and Ted, they're in a band called the Wild Stallions, or they were in a band called the Wild Stallions, and their music is going to... Like, the entire culture of the future mm. is built on Bill and Ted's music. Right. So this film sort of starts off with like Bill and Ted are the age that they are now mm-hmm. and they still haven't written any good music. Okay. And that's sort of the setup of the film is that all the time and space is falling apart mm-hmm. and you have until this time okay. to write the music that's going to save the universe. Right. That's okay. what the film is. Yeah. So music is definitely at the heart of the film. Mm. You've got sort of, it's sort of separated. So you've got Bill and Ted's time traveling to the future mm-hmm. to get the song from their future selves because they don't know how to write it. So they reckon... It's a paradox. Yeah. They, well, yeah, that's the other thing as well. Bill, and, I think that's like a genuinely accepted thing with Bill and yeah, Ted yeah. though is like the logic is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not what you're there for. Yeah. And in that respect, I'm, I'm fine to go yeah. along with it. Yeah. So yeah, they're going to the future to get the song from themselves while their daughters are going back in time to assemble all of these musicians for their band. Right. So they go back in time and they like recruit Jimi Hendrix and they recruit- that's gonna be the first person I suggest. Oh really? Who what? else would you suggest? Musicians from history. Uh Jimi Hendrix certainly. Um it has to be people that are dead, right? Well, yes. Um well, Beethoven. Close. Mozart. Mozart, yeah. Um Musicians from History. Any other classical composers? Bach? No, no classical composers. Someone in between Jimi Hendrix and yeah. Mozart. I know that's quite a quite a range. That's um early nineteen hundreds, I think he's from. Yeah. Cole Porter? No. Irving Berlin? No. George Gershwin? No. Gone. Louis Armstrong. Okay. So it's, yeah, Jimi Hendrix, Louis Armstrong, Mozart, and then there's like a, a Chinese flute player from Right. Like olden times and a cave woman who plays the drums okay so it, it gets a bit looser okay, towards the end okay. the point that I was going to make basically though is that you know there's a lot there are a lot of um, musicians mm-hmm. that are in the film not actual musicians like the they're playing musicians yeah. the actors are playing musicians so it would have been nice if they picked people who could actually play the instruments right basically every shot in this film where that character is playing the instruments you either can't see the actor's face mm. Or you only see the actor's face and you don't physically see them... Like, you don't physically see Mozart pressing the keys on the keyboard. Yeah. You don't physically see Jimi Hendrix playing the guitar. Mm. Um, but, like, with Louis Armstrong and the flute player, like, you can fake that easily. Yeah. They just put their mouth on the thing and then you can, like, any sound effects, yeah. you know. So I feel like that was, you know, get get people who can play instruments, you know? I mean, I can't imagine they have much of an actor. There's much to do on that front in terms of acting, right? Mm, well, Maybe. Okay, but yeah. I don't know. I'm just, you know. 
each of them have a scene like Jimi Hendrix has a scene where he right. plays guitar Mozart has a scene where he plays piano yeah. they all have an opportunity to show off their musical prowess okay. yeah to show okay so you you cast a musician who can act rather than an actor who can maybe play yes right because like the musicians themselves they're not huge characters mm-hmm. they're kind of like Pokemon where like yeah. the daughters catch one and then that's it they're sort of in their party yeah. for the rest of the film so they're not like the act. I think the guy who plays Louis Armstrong is pretty spot on. Right, like that feels like oh yeah, that's that feels right. Mm-hmm. Jimi Hendrix is okay, mm-hmm. and Mozart he's speaking in his native language mm-hmm. as well. So I, I assume he's acting okay. German, German, I think so. Yeah, yeah. well, Wolfgang, yes, Wolfgang. He's Amadeus Austrian. Mozart. Isn't he? He's yeah. Austrian. So, so yeah, that was something that disappointed me. Mm-hmm. Um, like the the climax of the film is they have to play. They, they they play the song that is meant to unite the universe mm-hmm. and it's I don't remember it yeah I was gonna say that sounds like a bold thing to do oh in absolutely terms of, um, I genuinely thought they weren't going to play it I thought the, the yeah. climax was gonna be we've assembled everyone ready guys they go to play it and the music the film ends I kind of I kind of admire it Okay. Right, like in terms of oh they did it yeah because yeah I feel like if I was doing that well there's nothing that we could write here that's going to be so good yeah that it's the song that saves the universe alternatively we could just play comfortably numb <laughs> yeah alright <laughs> yeah know? exactly um, do you know what I mean yeah so it feels a bit um, but I, I do admire that that they yeah. actually went I ahead know, yeah that. I genuinely yeah. didn't think they'd have the balls to do it yeah but it is you know anything would have been a letdown yeah but the fact that it's the most forgettable yeah. fluffy poppy bullshit okay well how do they dramatize that because that, that's something that's something that's quite difficult to literalize the right the process of writing a song is it a lot of scenes of them just going like oh no don't don't play that no play i think song. i think they just like they're jamming at the end all right and the daughters are going oh no don't play like that play like this right. and then they do it and, and then they, the, the song music just works okay. yeah okay yeah the daughters i want to bring up the daughters all right um fuck can't remember the names of the daughters. Okay. The actors, I mean. Yeah. Um, Eddie. <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah. The moment of silence for, for Eddie. We didn't have a moment, moment of silence for Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. But, you know, even though Eddie's coming back, we'll have a moment of silence. Well, that's, for... that, isn't that completely appropriate? Is it? If <laughs> you, You'd sooner have a moment of silence for your friend than for some guy. Yeah, but Eddie's coming back at some yeah, point. Yeah, I know that. But, you know. Like a half moment of silence. Okay. That was go. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I can't. I can't remember the names. Do you want me? Do you want me to? Yeah, look it up? yeah. Look it up. Okay. All right. I'm gonna guess Samara Weaving. Yes, she plays Bill's daughter. Yeah, and uh, Bridget Lundy Payne. She plays Ted's daughter. Yeah. So she's Keanu Reeves's daughter. Okay. Whereas Sigourney Samara Weaving. Samara Weaving, the Sigourney Weaver. No. Samara Weaving is. I can't remember his name. Is Alex something? Who plays Bill? Alex Winter. Yeah, yeah. his daughter she yeah. plays. They're basically just Bill and Ted. Right. Like, those act- actresses are basically doing an impression of Bill and Ted. And in fairness, it's a damn good impression. Okay. Like, the uh, Ted's daughter, mm-hmm. she is like, yeah. Like, that is Keanu, young Keanu Reeves. Okay. And she's spot on in that respect. Yeah. But I found them immensely irritating. Okay. Is that a sexist thing? Well, here's the thing. Bill and Ted's, it got a little irritating at times right I know that they have their appeal mm. and I understand their appeal for the most part I was sort of taken with them by the way Keanu Reeves can't act no I know I don't, I, I don't know if you knew this <laughs> this film illuminates just how well, much he can't act well especially acting asking him to do something that he did that long ago yeah like 
Was he ever able to act and just like stopped at some point? No, I don't think I don't think he could. Because if you watch Bill and Ted, he's at least doing the surfer thing. Like, yeah, he is doing. Well, maybe that. that's what he could do. Oh man, you know. Yeah. But then everything else he's done. Yeah, he's rubbish it. <laughs> Even the Matrix. Well, he, he's a physical actor, is the thing, isn't he? Yeah, sure. No, no, genuinely. I think but he didn't start. You know, he started no, no, being no. an actor. But he's found like yeah, he's, he's found his niche. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but he is he struggles in yeah. this film. Which is interesting because again they pointed out in the Red Letter Media review, but Alex Winter, yeah. I didn't know that he stopped acting. I, yeah. I hadn't seen him in anything. Yeah. But apparently he hasn't acted in years and he's pretty good in he this. He carries it. Yeah. Well he's aged better, certainly. Oh definitely, yeah. Um what are have, have the characters grown up at all? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're they're like their fathers with you know their daughters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But have they emo- like are they emotionally grow? Are they still? Oh, man, they're still doing awesome. that. They're right. still doing the Bill and Ted thing. But right. there, there is that air of, you know, Bill. Like you know, maybe it's time for us to give up on that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, where it's to the detriment of our wives okay. and the lives that we lead. Right. It's like yeah, no, I know what you mean, Ted. Because it is mean. sad when you have characters like that, like in their fifties trying to do that well the the opening scene is them at a wedding right performing a song right um and I thought that's what the film was going to be it was going to be them like trying to write that song and you know oh we have to keep going man we have and trying to replicate the Bill and Ted thing from back when um I don't think it's that okay again I'm not the best judge because I haven't seen the first two films but it doesn't feel like we're just trying to recapture yeah well I I it feels like it genuinely gone right what what would these characters be 30 years in the future? I don't think enough time has passed for it to be funny. There is that element as well, yeah. I think fif- in 50s is not a s- sufficient. It's not It's not funny enough. If, if they were doing it when they were in the 60s or 70s, mm. just the sheer idea of that is funny. Yeah. 50s, you just look older. Yes. You know? You're not like, ugh, you're not sagging. and. Well, interestingly, they do do, because like I said, they, they um, do do. They do do. They do do do. Um, they because obviously they're traveling into the future yeah. in order to get the song from their future selves, mm-hmm. and they eventually get to themselves on their deathbed right. where they're putting old age makeup. Right, and that's funny, I guess, because <laughs> okay. Alex because Keanu Reeves is exactly the same, even though right. he's in old age makeup, he's acting exactly the same of he is. as normal Ted. Yeah, but Alex Winter is genuinely like. I'm on the verge of death. Keanu Reeves. I'm shaking whenever I move, you know. Yeah. And the, the, like, after credits scene is them in old age makeup playing their guitars. Okay. So there's something nice about that. But when Keanu Reeves is supposed to be playing, you know, the healthiest person in the world, he acts like he's terminal. (laughs) (laughs) That's his thing, so... (laughs) Yeah, Keanu Reeves always looks like he's just been diagnosed with something. Yeah. He's just been told his diagnosis. Well, he's, he's, had, he's had a rough go of it. Keanu I know Reeves, that, but, he? you know, he's had a pretty good run of it as well, to be fair. Well, yeah. yeah. You know, the better with the better. Yeah, I, I, I assume his luck has changed recently. Well, yeah, he, he was... Uh, I mean, last it, year was a good year for him. I, was, I mean, in his personal life. Professionally, yeah. his luck has certainly changed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's in literally everything. He was supposed to be in SpongeBob, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I only say that because SpongeBob is not currently out... It's right. supposed to have been out. Okay, okay. So this was going to be another like great year for Keanu Reeves. Right. But a thing he's in isn't, you know, okay. postponed. SpongeBob, this, and Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. Another big year for Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Um, yeah, the daughters. Um, yeah. Is it a sexist thing? The fact that the daughters are essentially doing an impression of Bill and Ted. Yeah. 
but I can tolerate Bill and Ted, whereas I found the daughters irritating. Probably. Oh dear. Probably is a sexist thing, but I don't know whether it's good sexist or bad sexist. Okay. Because men and women are different, aren't they? Yeah. And so, like, you expect them to behave differently to each other. Well, there is that. I mean, like, Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves, I think they're attractive men, right? They're considered to be attractive oh, men. So, yeah, sure. Because it's, I was going to say, like, Samara Weaving and yeah. I can't remember the other actresses. Yeah, like, they're both attractive women. Yeah. So I, but if Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter are attractive men, mm. then there isn't a point to be made about, oh, attractive women, it doesn't, you know. Well, it's certainly These different. aren't convincing characters for attractive women to play. Well, attractive men being doofuses is still more believable than attractive women being doofuses. Okay. In that way. Okay. There's the valley girl thing, mm. which is fine. But if they're being like stoner surfer do- doofuses, yeah. yeah, that doesn't ring quite true, I don't think. Okay. If you're a woman, an attractive woman. Okay. Well, it might be that sort of okay. thing. And it might just be the... Um, uh, there's been no confirmation of it, but if this is like a Passing of the Torch movie, right? which it kind of is mm. at the end, because... Bill and Ted are under the impression that they're supposed to write the song that will, like, unite the universe. Mm. But they realise, oh, only our last names are used in the prophecy. Right. Which means that this prophecy could also apply to our daughters. Right. Initially, I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, right, they've sidelined Bill and Ted in the finale to push the daughters because they're going to franchise this and it's going to be, you know, Billy and Tedette. Well, what's, what are their names? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, it's not, it's not Bill and Ted. It's close, okay. I think. Because I feel like you, a way you get around that is they, they've named their daughters after their friend. Oh, yeah. So oh, so Ted's daughter is Bill. And, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think it's that. It's not that, okay. I think it's close to Bill and Ted, but it's like female okay. versions of that. Um, but they don't sideline Bill and Ted because Bill and Ted realise what they have to do is to give everyone in every time, in every dimension, in every space an instrument. Right. So they can play along to the song. Right. So while the daughters are sort of rehearsing, Bill and Ted are travelling to literally every single dimension right. to ha- hand off instruments to people. Right. So they're, they're, they're still a part of the finale. Okay. So I was okay with that. Okay. But if this is like, oh, we'll do a film that's introducing the daughters and then all future Bill and Ted movies, mm-hmm. of which we plan to make a fuck ton, yeah. will be of the daughters, that I don't like. Okay. And I got that impression. It's like, oh, they're literally just Bill and Ted because that's how you continue the Bill and Ted movies. Yeah. But we'll see if that comes to anything. Well, I'll, g- I'll give it, you know... Um, if it gets decent reviews, yeah. watch it. I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll give it, like, enough leeway to say... Because usually we, we rail against, like, oh, they're women now, you know. Yeah. Um, if I was doing a Bill and Ted film and having their children in it seems like a good idea... Mm. I wouldn't have them have two sons. No, that is literally yeah. like, oh, we're trying to recreate yeah. Bill and Ted. So, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Two dot, but yeah, as long as it doesn't spring another franchise. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If it gets decent reviews, I will watch it. Yeah. Or I will like watch I said, the first th- two first. Okay. <laughs> I, well, I will. I will watch the other two because okay. apparently the other two are better. Yes. This isn't a bad film. Mm-hmm. That's that's the nice thing is this film isn't bad. It isn't cynical. It isn't rough to get through. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it is what it is. Yeah. And there's no shame in that. It's shoddy, but its heart is in the right place. Yeah. 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 Okay. I would have liked the musicians to be able to play their instruments. Yeah. And there's a couple of other things as well, but I think that's just like, like the time, like I said, the time travel stuff makes no sense, mm-hmm. but I think you can't really criticize that in a Bill and Ted movie. Is Mozart being underused somewhat? <laughs> I mean, if he's just, he's playing keyboard in a band. Yeah. 
I feel like you, you didn't have to get Mozart for that. No, you didn't. You could have no. just got a session. Well, I mean, <laughs> musicians. I mean, that. given the the quality of the music they're playing, they yeah. didn't need any of the musicians they hired. Okay, it's that like generic. You yeah, know? it's clearly it's, it's a pop song. Well, it's poppy. Okay, there's no lyrics to it. There's no vocals. It's just sort of instrumental. Right. But like I like I said, I've seen trailers and clips of old Bill and Ted, old Bill and Ted, mm. and it's like that hair metal, you know? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like yeah. like, and they do a bit of that when they're old and playing the guitars at the very end. Mm. But the but the credits as well, it has like uplifting pop music about like we're gonna spend time together. Okay. It's like this isn't Bill and Ted. No, it doesn't feel like Bill and Ted at all. No, like you're thinking Bon Jovi and Foreigner and White Snake. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Which actually I'm surprised at thinking about it because if this film is like to uh, capitalize on nostalgia, yeah, there's basically no from what, from what I can remember, there's basically no songs of that era that are used in the film. Or like the the band could have been comprised of people from '80s glam metal, or yeah, like hair metal, yeah, bands. actually, yeah. Like you, you know, you get the Def Leppard drummer, um, yeah, you know all that stuff. But no. oh, uh, Dave Grohl shows up. Of course, does he play the devil? No, no. Okay, who does he play? Oh, he plays Dave Grohl. He plays Dave Grohl. <laughs> do they, they go to him to recruit him, do they? No, no, no. Explain. <laughs> um, it's while they're travelling into the future. They travel five years into the future and they meet future Bill and Ted yeah. who are successful and they've made it. Right. And we have the song for you. And they play the song and young Bill and Ted are like, oh my God, this song is amazing. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, it's yours now, dude. So you right. can go and save the future. And then as they're leaving the house, Dave Grohl walks in and he goes, what are you doing in my house? Right. So it's in, it transpires that They've listened to Dave Grohl's music, right? So it's not oh, okay. It's not them. Why is he that guy? Because it's no surprise to me at all that he's in this film. Okay. Why is he that guy? But if it's like Tenacious D, it's rock music, but in this weird, like, funny sci-fi fantasy. Con- Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's the go-to guy for that sort of thing. Well, is it because of his ties, to, like Tenacious D? It, it might be. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know how that happened. How he went from being the drummer of Nirvana yeah. to fronting his own, like he did Everlong. Mm. That was just then, like he. Dave Grohl was doing the songs he wanted to do now. Mm. And then he kind of became a, a funny guy. Yeah. Learned to fly. I guess it was their music videos was part of it, Probably, right? Probably, yeah. Um, anyway. Okay, so you recommend it if, it if if it gets good notices. Yeah, I mean, I think that... I think it's one of those films where you'll know before you see it if you'll enjoy it. Okay. You know, if, if, if that Bill and Ted kind of thing is, you know... If, they weren't, if the old films weren't really your thing, this won't be either. Yeah. But I mean, based on this... I'm interested in seeing what the other two are like. I suspect they're not my thing, but um, a bit of innocence couldn't hurt. No, I, I think I think that's yeah, that's um, we need some of that. Yeah, in the modern uh, landscape. Yeah, I'm probably too old to watch the first two films for the first time. Probably, but, but I will. Okay. Do you have any other film reviews? I do not, but I believe we have one we that do. we we are going to do together. We are. <laughs> yes, I'm thinking of ending things. Hi. <laughs> yeah. All I did was hand, hand it over to you. I know. I, just, <laughs> I, I, can't, take, pre- I can't take the pressure. It's <laughs> too much pressure on you. This is the new Charlie Kaufman film that yep. is exclusive to Netflix. Yep. Netflix produced. Yep. Yeah. Anyone familiar with Charlie Kaufman knows that he uh, he's a bit out there. Well, I've been trying to think of what the the, um, the I suppose the Tomba or like what the audience of this podcast is. Mm. To us, Charlie Kaufman needs no introduction. Yeah, but I'm wondering whether we need to introduce him. How how do you though? Well, just what he's done. Other than he's a bit out there. No, it's his filmography, not rather than his style. But even then, like apart from maybe Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless yeah. Mind, 
what has he done that people would have seen? Being John Malkovich. Okay, yeah, that. Um, adaptation, and they're the big three, aren't they? Being Is John adaptation? Malkovich, adaptation. I thought Adaptation and... was one of the obscure ones. No, the, his three big ones are those, aren't they? Okay. It's Being John Malkovich, Adaptation, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Okay. Then you got a couple of films that he wrote that no one knows or cares about. Right. Um, Human Nature is one. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind is another one. Okay. And then he directed, wrote and directed a film called Synecdoche, New York. <laughs> and then he did a novel. Which, which I know by reputation. Yeah. I don't think it's a film I'm ever going to see. I, I might show it to you at some point. Well, please don't, because you've explained <laughs> it to me. And yeah. just your explanation made me depressed. <laughs> yeah. They did Anomalisa. Mm-hmm. Uh, now he's done, I'm thinking about it. It's his third directorial okay. effort. Okay, all right. What to say about... Well, what's the plot, Joel? <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. Well, I can tell you the cast. Sure. If that's any good. Uh, it stars Jessie Buckley. Mm-hmm. Uh, an up-and-comer, right? She still hasn't yeah. done anything, like, big, big. Uh, well, I mean, she's been BAFTA nominated. What, what was that for? Wild Rose, which is a very good film from last year. Okay. Uh, where she plays a Scottish country and western singer. Okay. So she she's a weird... Because she got a start, I think, on um, one of those Andrew Lloyd Webber talent shows on BBC One. Oh, um, really? Where they were auditioning to play, I think, maybe Maria from The Sound of Music. Oh, shit. Okay. One of those types of shows. And then nothing. She came, like, third or something. Yeah. Nothing. And then in a year, she was in all these great things. <laughs> okay. She was in a film called um, oh, Beast. That's kind of like her breakout indie role. And then she was in um, Chernobyl. Um, Who is she in Chernobyl? She plays the wife of like the first guy that gets. Oh, yeah, 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 the fireman. Yeah, yeah, blonde, yeah. she's blonde in that. Yeah. Uh, she was in Wild Rose, for which she was BAFTA nominated. She played Queen Victoria in Doolittle. Oh, yeah, I remember um, her now, yeah. Yeah, she's like... I'm a big fan of her. I think she's really good. And she's going to appear in season four of Fargo. Okay. That's one of the main roles in there. All right. Hopefully that'll be the thing where people are like, oh shit, Jessie Buckley. Yeah. Well, she's definitely like, she's just shot from nowhere. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, is that a good thing? Is, yeah, is a quick so. ascension, does that usually like followed by a quick fall or do you think she'll well, stick around? I think she'll stick around. Okay. I think she's got staying power. Because she is, she is very, to me anyway, very attractive. Oh yeah. But not, it doesn't distract from her performance and anything. No. I don't think. Okay. Well, we'll get more into it as yeah. we talk about the film. But yeah. no, it was never yeah. like, you know, oh, I'm only watching Jessie Buckley yes. because she's attractive. Yeah. It's like, oh, you are genuinely, yeah. you're really good in this. But yeah, so she plays the main character. Yeah. She plays the character that gets the most screen time. Yeah. I'll, I'll put it that Well, there. to quote Stuart Lee, who's quoting something else, I think it's in like the, the dictionary of the theatre, character is something that is something, a character is defined as something that gives the illusion of being a person. Okay. <laughs> so it definitely it, So she she's definitely that. that. She's yeah. that. Um she co-stars alongside um fuck you bastard. I should know him. Yeah. Oh fuck. They've got the same name basically. Do they? Yeah. Which is opposite. Oh. No, I was going to say Jesse Hines. I don't know who Jesse Hines is. Jessica Hines. Jessica Hines. <laughs> it's not her. <laughs> it's not her. No. <laughs> What's he called? Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons. <laughs> Jesse Plemons who plays Todd in Breaking Bad yes. and the neighbour in Game Nights. <laughs> and <laughs> much more. And much more, yes. but those are the two things I know him yeah. from. And Fargo. And Fargo, know. yes, he plays, yeah. uh, he's in series two, yeah. right? He's in, yeah, series two of Fargo. He's Chris, no, not Kristen Bell. Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> this is why you're here, sir. Okay. It's this podcast would be a mess without you. <laughs> Kirsten Dunst yeah. is husband. Yeah, he plays the butcher. The butcher, yeah, yeah in Fargo series two. They're sort of the, the characters that you spend a lot of the film with. Mm-hmm. And they are going to the plot, such as it is, 
There are a couple. There, there are a couple of plots. No, they are a couple. Oh, there are yeah. a couple. There are also a couple of plots. There's, there's loads of shit going there's on. There's loads of shit going yeah. on. But um, you will, when the film begins, you are led to believe that the film is about a couple. <laughs> no, let's just, let's just say what it's about. We, we, like, it is about... No, 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 no. We need to give... No, no, no. no, no. We, need to, we need to build to that. No, no, yeah. Not what it's really about, but yeah. what, is ha- what it's about. Because you can say what it's about before you say what it's about. Sure. A young couple is going to visit... That's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A young couple... Um, Jesse Buckley is a newish girlfriend of... Jesse Plans. Jesse Plans. Yeah. And they are going to Lucy visit... Lucy and Jake. Yeah, Lucy and Jake. Uh, yeah. And they are going to visit Jake's parents yeah. who live on this farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And it's it's set in this very snowy place. Yeah. So there's like a blizzard happening as mm-hmm. well. So it seems... That it's going to be one of those, you know, she goes to meet the in-laws and, like, spooky shit starts happening. and Yeah, there's, oh. a, there's a, a creepy vibe yeah, from the off. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a creepy vibe. And then it doesn't do that? It does do that for a bit. Okay. For a bit. <laughs> okay, they, they go to visit his parents, played by David Theolis and Tony Collette. Oh, yeah. And it's cle- it's setting itself up as a psychological horror movie, I think. Yeah. Or thriller. Like, there, yeah. there's something going on. And we're going to get to the bottom of what's going on. The basement is, like, you know, uh, boarded up. Well, like, taped shut. Um, something's going on. Yeah. The characters are acting quite cagey. They're mm. weird. And it's blatantly surreal. Yes. Um, Tony Collette, like, she comes across as this incredibly shrill, kind of fragile, will snap at any moment kind mm. of mum. Like, tell me about things. <laughs> you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And David Thewlis is just this disaffected uh, kind of dad. Um, <laughs> What's the what was the the big laugh from him? So the best moment in the film, we'll just skip to that. Okay, uh, is yeah he they're talking uh, around the the dinner table, and in a scene very reminiscent of a Razorheads dinner scene. Yeah, and she's talking about her paintings, hmm. and she's talking about how Jesse Buckley, Jesse Buckley, and how she likes you know they reflect her emotion hmm. uh, when she paints them. So. Uh, you know, uh, a bleak field will, re- will represent his sadness. Yeah. And he says, how can a painting be sad if there isn't a picture of a sad person in the painting? Being sad. Yeah, being sad. And she's kind of like just taken aback by the stupidity of the question. Yeah. And it cuts back to him and, and he makes a face and the sound's like, ah, <laughs> d- didn't think of that, did yeah, you? Yeah, I got you there, I got Jesse Buckley, yeah. That's the best moment of the film as far as I'm the concerned. The performances are great. Yeah, through through everything. Yeah, everything despite everything that happens yeah. is great performances across the board, yes. including her. I think she's definitely. Yeah, I mean, Jesse Plemons has his moments, but I think she's definitely the star of the show, right? Yeah, yeah, Jessie she's Buckley. the best thing about the film. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Although I think if David Thewlis was in it more, yeah, he'd probably clinch it yes. for me. Yeah, but they, but yeah, they're barely in it. The parents. That's the thing. Like yeah. considering that that seems to be the plot, you know, we're going to meet the in-laws. This is a spoiler review. I guess it's going to have to okay, be. Okay, Because I don't really... I feel like to have a conversation worthy of this film, you kind of need to spoil it. Yeah. So, in case yeah. anyone has come along this far... Yeah. Like, what can we say about the film? Firstly, do we recommend it? Yeah. Okay. I'd recommend it. All right. What can you say without spoiling it that will, like, prepare someone from what they're going into? It's incredibly bizarre... It's incredibly cerebral. There's not much to care about in it, in terms of you don't feel much towards anything that goes on. Okay. Um, it's my mind over heart, definitely. Okay. Um, if you're familiar with Charlie Kaufman's other films, it's that on crack. 
you say that it's worse mm-hmm. in that respect. It's worse a, in in, yeah. in, the sen- in the sense that it goes further than it's about on par with Snack Key New York, but it's not as I don't think it's as good. But we can talk about that. Okay, um, it's very out there, and if you're on the mood for that, seek it out. Yeah, it is insufferable in places. Oh yeah, it is. I think deliberately insufferable. Yeah, it's definitely by design. Unfortunately, that does still mean it's insufferable. Yeah, whether by design or not. Uh, so yeah, I, I'd recommend if you're a film person. Go and watch it. Yeah, if you're a general, if just a just a garden variety Netflix grazer, right, is this film for you? No, but we'll, we'll get to more in depth. To that. Okay, so yeah, in, the pithy review is if you're interested in it, definitely watch it. If you're a casual viewer, no, it's not for you. Yeah, that's yeah. Mm. And also, this isn't the kind of film where like the plot machinations. It's like if we do a spoiler review. It doesn't really matter with a lot of yeah, films. Yeah, we're not spoiling the plot, we're spoiling the experience. Yes, yeah, but it matters with this film. Like, don't listen to this if you haven't watched it, mm. I would say. Yeah. So with that caveat, we will continue. Okay. To what? Well, the fuck do we continue to? <laughs> well, I I don't think it's the kind of film that lends itself to a plot dissection. No, definitely not. Even though there is a fairly unifying, straightforward answer, if you like, to everything that's happening, I think. Okay. It's what we talked about. Yeah. I think that's what's going on. The, well, 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 so it's spoiler territory now. Well, so very, throw, very, throw. very early in the film, yeah. we get glimpses into the life of this janitor. Yeah. So Jesse Buckley is being picked up by Jesse Plemons and being yeah. taken, you know, so that they can begin their road trip to the parents' house. And it shows like a janitor looking out of the window of his apartment. Yeah. And then as they're sort of on the journey, it occasionally cuts back to the janitor in the school. Yeah. There's like one moment where he's watching a film. Yeah. And then the film on the screen becomes the film yeah. that we're watching and then that film has like a short credit sequence yes. and then we go back to the film that it was before yeah. it's you know stuff like that where it yeah. starts to you know like oh this is weird yeah. he's he's too much of a presence for it to not be important mm-hmm. and so I think the conclusion that I came to and I think it's the conclusion you come to as well I think you're right yeah is that this entire film is sort of taking place in the imagination of that janitor. Mm-hmm. So I think the idea yeah. is that... Because there's a lot of things in the film that are sort of said or by the characters or characters see things that are sort of reflected in the janitor's life. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a moment where Jesse Plemons is in the car talking about being invisible and then you see the janitor sort of cleaning the corridors and nobody's really interacting with him and I think yeah. you're supposed to draw a parallel there. He, the film that he's watching it's about this couple who are in a diner yeah and then like the initial backstory for Jessie Buckley's character is that she's a physicist or that yeah. she's studied, studying to become a physicist and then all of a sudden that backstory changes to we met in a restaurant yeah you were a waitress in a cafe and we met mm-hmm. so there are things like that where it's link, constantly linking it back to that janitor yeah now I've seen videos where they've, they've, given, they've come to the same conclusion but that's it Right, like that's the that's what the film is. It's all in the imagination of the janitor. Yeah, to me, that's not the entire answer. Okay, because surely you know, okay, the film is all in the minds of the janitor. Why? What is what does that mean for the film? Well, I th- on a on a literal level, as I, and as far as there is one with this film, hmm. I think the truth of the film is it, it's all in his imagination. Yeah, I think there is nothing else going on. There's probably no shots in the film that are actually happening right other than maybe him cleaning alone in, I in the school I think the end of that character yeah 
before the 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 cartoon sequence. Yeah, I think that's probably real. And I think him looking out the window at the beginning is probably real. I think and very little else. I think in terms of what happens, it's the, he starts his day by looking out of his window. Mm-hmm. He goes to work. Mm-hmm. He cleans the school. He gets in his car and he dies. Yeah. I think that's what happens. Also, he when he's watching that uh, restaurant film, yeah. he's in the film, right? Yeah, but I think he's probably watching that on his break. He's watching it on his yeah. break, but my question there is, is he actually in the film or is that another part of his imagination? That's probably part of his... Well, he's probably... Because he, he's watched the film and then ext- extracted the story and applied it to his own life, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, he's imagining what would have happened had he had the courage to talk to a girl. Yeah. In a bar one night. Jesse Buckley being that girl. Yes. Not a specific girl, I no. think, crucially. I think she's an amalgamation of... Well, the name changes every time it's uttered. Yes. Yeah. And at one point, she changes. Yeah. Like, je- like literally, the actress changes. Yeah. Without warning. Her Another time in the film, Jesse Buckley's performance completely changes. Mm-hmm. I think you, you pointed out that she was citing a book, or she was speaking in the same manner as a character that is in a book that was on Jake's shelf. I saw a book on Jake's shelf by Pauline Kael, who I'm pretty sure is a film critic. Okay. And then they start talking about a woman under the influence and she starts reviewing it. And I, I, w- I would not be surprised if that wasn't directly taken from I see. that book. Okay. Um, but I haven't looked into that. Because, yeah, she starts affecting an accent as well, which yeah, is probably she, an impersonation. She's suddenly smoking a cigarette. Yeah, she's would- suddenly doing like a sort of that kind of book. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, I wouldn't be surprised if Pauline Kael sounds like that. Yeah, okay. Basically, this film is what would have happened had Will Hunting not left Boston at the end of Good Will Hunting. Okay. If he'd stayed and just been a janitor and hadn't pursued the opportunities available to him. Hmm. A life of regret and being a lonely old man. Yes. And imagining what could have been. Yeah. And the whole film is is what could have been, basically. Yeah. And that's Yeah, that's that was my takeaway from the film. It's, it's basically yeah. a lament on... Like waste, uh, like if you've wasted your life, yeah, that's what this this guy has wasted his life, and he's lamenting what could have been. Yeah, he's imagining what could have been, and he's sort of pulling experiences from his life, such as it is. Yes, and he's implanting that in the story because that's another thing as well. The film feels very. I don't know if you got this, but it feels mm-hmm. very much like like it's sort of, we're sort of seeing it as it's being created. If that makes sense, yeah, with, with continuity errors and changes in name and yeah yeah he's improvising a story yeah it's yeah. As, it's as you're like yeah if you're in your head daydreaming or if you're imagining a story you have those moments where it's like oh i've lost my train of thought i need to start that sentence right. again yes or you'll like forget the name of a character or you'll forget the face of a character or details will make no sense yeah like the dog that's, right. that's one of the best things about the film yeah. is the dog like keep, eternally yeah he's like shaking constantly off water, shaking yeah. off water um and like you know, he's in one shot, but he's not in the reverse shot. Yeah. And things like that. And whenever they forget about him, and whenever she's like, where's the dog? He's just there now. Yes. Yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, I forgot about the dog in my imagination. Yeah. The dog, it's there Yeah, now. the dog's back now. Yeah. So yeah, it's. I think it's fairly easy in that way. Like, you know what's going on if you're paying attention. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't feel like the film tries to... That's why I was initially suspicious. Yeah. That's why I was initially like, oh, maybe that's not what's going on. Because I, I came to that conclusion fairly quickly. Yeah. And the film did nothing to dissuade me of that theory. Yeah. So I think yeah. the film, if we are right, I think the film wants you to know that's what it's I, I doing. I think so. Um, so you have to be interested in just what they're talking about and how it's being presented to you. Yes. Now, I think the film is trying to deal with a lot of big ideas. It's, you know, memory mm. and identity and this idea that we are all just amalgamations of circumstance and other people's opinions 
and you know that we pass off as our own opinions without knowing and the problem is it's fairly basic for two and a half hours didn't you already know that didn't you already know you're just a, 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 a circumstance see my thing with that kind of uh, stuff is yes I did yeah but someone else might not fair enough but it's it, it's it feels like a, it's a smorgasbord right a mm. mood board of stuff yeah of themes. Well, in fairness, this is uh, adapted material. Was do we yeah. know if the book was like that? No, I think the book is much sparser. Okay, um, they do have philosophical conversations, mm. but I don't. Th- I think he inflated it massively. Well, he has a habit of doing that, doesn't he? As far as I know, the book is they go visit the parents. It's weird. It's clearly it's a psychological thriller. They go to visit his school. They start making out. The janitor is watching them. Mm. Jake goes in to confront the janitor. She goes in to find Jake, realizes that Jake is the janitor mm. and that she isn't real. Yeah. The janitor made her up because uh, he saw a girl in the bar and never folded up and now it's all been a construction and he kills himself. Right. Uh, and that is the book. Okay. It's all fairly clear cut what happens mm. ultimately. The problem is the grandness in the scale thematically means the film doesn't really have any parameters. Yeah, we when we sort of get to the third act, it doesn't even. It's not even a film anymore. It's not trying to re- rein itself in at all. No, like when I say it's not even a film, like we have an interpretive dance sequence. Yeah, there's a point where animation is brought into the fold. Like even the form, the yeah. framework of this story has fallen apart now. Yeah, and it, it's relatively well behaved in terms of you know what it's going for. Yeah, yeah, relatively. But the, my, like an issue I have with surrealism is what are the limits? Mm. And at some point, it's going to be arbitrary, you know? Yeah, I, I, point, I pointed this out to you, isn't it? It's interesting how in the beginning, when the sort of nods towards surrealism and the, the, the sort of pricks mm. in the fabric of reality are just that, they're pinpricks. Yeah. That's, that usually gets more of a reaction. That did get more of a reaction yeah. out of me than when the film was becoming a dance sequence or an animation dream sequence it's explicitly weird yeah. yeah so the moment it hit me is when she's going down the basement yeah and looks up and Jesse Plams is calling after her and he's muted and she's talking at normal volume yeah and then she turns around and turns around turns back to the to him and there's just a red door now and it's snowing yeah that's where I was like oh you could do anything yes you could do anything yes and so the, the point like the nature of the, the visions the idiosyncrasies could be determined by him just throwing darts to the dartboard and God, it's gonna, he's gonna, you're going to hear an aeroplane now that sounds like it's in the room. Mm. You could do literally anything. Because mm. the whole idea is life and people, it, they're just collections of everything. Yes. Like that's, we were watching Boardwalk Empire after it, mm. and there's that great line that Eddie says. So uh, the main character in Boardwalk Empire, um, he has a, a butler, essentially, and the butler spills his coffee. Yeah. And he's like, it's only coffee. And Eddie says, everything is only something. Right? <laughs> um... And I think the the philosophy of this film is the inverse. It's something is only everything. Okay. I think that's what this film is trying to say, isn't it? <laughs> right. That things are everything. That's what that is what it's doing. Okay. Pe- people are everything they've ever encountered. Yes. And that is a problem because how do you govern that? Yeah. If you're exploring that conceptually, you could do anything. You went to a zoo once, so there's a fucking elephant in the Yeah, genuinely. And that's 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 one of that's sort of the moment where it can't, this film kind of becomes critic proof, doesn't it? Yeah. Because you're not wrong. Yeah. Like the way that you're physicalizing that is not wrong. Yeah. But also, how is it any better than doing it this way or that way? Right. 
Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, this is true of loads of like most surreal films, to be honest, like a lot of Lynch films. So the question becomes, are you invested enough that you don't care? Mm. Um, or are you so invested that you don't even think about the seesawing subjectivity of it? Yeah. Or if you do notice it, do you forgive it? I think those that... I didn't with this film is the problem. Okay. I kept noticing, I kept thinking, this is random. I'm not like, oh man, it's so random. Like, mm. it is just random. Well, I think by the end, is that supposed to be the appeal? Is that literally anything can happen? It's just like completely um, falling apart. It's but completely deconstructing itself. That's kind of your reward for sitting through that second car sequence. Oh, Jesus, yeah. That was... That was Patience tough. testing. Well, again, it was by design. And I'm sort of at a point with films where if I'm like confident that this is the film's intention, yeah. then I'll go with it. It was very clear that that second car journey is meant to test your patience. Yeah. Like, I kind of like the, you know... I don't know, see. Because, like, they are drive. They're going on a road trip to and from this location that's in the middle of nowhere. Mm. So I kind of like... It's sort of like with um, Inside the Well and Davis. Like, when they go on that... Plowing. Yeah. I'm mistaken. That's right. Inside Plowin Davis, they're in that car when they're going on that car journey to whatever city they go to, yeah. you're stuck in that car with them because it's a road trip. Yes, you're stuck. You can't go yeah. anywhere. Oh, you definitely feel that. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's trying to create that. It's trying to replicate that thing. And it definitely does. You feel that claustrophobia and being trapped within the... Yeah. But yeah, it goes on for a long it's, fucking... I would... Like, them in the car is probably at least 50, 60% of the film. Hands down. It's yeah. hands down. It's it's like a Stuart Lee joke, basically. Yeah. And like the first, so yeah, there are two car journeys. The first one I enjoyed. Mm. Um, I liked that it was really drawing itself out. And um, this thing, I'm not sure the second was meant to test your patience because even artistically, the filmmaker never wants you to be bored. Right. That's no. the worst thing you can be in a film. Yeah. So you're never meant to be bored. Um, no, I, I wasn't bored. Be, I was, yeah. I was frustrated because I was like, okay. I want to know where this is going. Right. This yes, is not frustrated. This, this doesn't seem to be heading in any direction. Yeah. But there is, we need to head in a direction because weird shit has happened. Yeah. And now we're kind of stuck in this location where, where, where is this leading? Are they just going to go home and that's that? Yeah. You know. Yeah, I liked the first one, and like there was a point where I said to you, I've tuned into the frequency of the wind, windscreen wipers. Yeah. And I liked that. I liked that the conversation had been going on for so long that I picked up on this background noise that I mm. had now tuned into, which I felt was deliberate. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, like, it, you're wary. You become aware of a niggling background thing that stays with you for the rest of the film. Mm. Um, I mean, the film is intentionally cold. It's set in a very cold yes. environment. It's alienating. Yeah. Uh, it's like Brechtian alienation. Like, you the problem is it's, it's difficult to really feel anything towards the characters because mm. A, there aren't, aren't any. No, there literally <laughs> yeah. aren't any, yeah. Um, but do you know what I mean? Like, you you need to care. I know what you're saying. Things I love pretty much every micro element. I love the direction. Mm-hmm. I love the sound design. The sound design is uh, as much a star as Jesse Buckley. Absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I like the performances. Uh, the script is the issue for me. Okay. Buckley kept me engaged enough to buoy my patience through the most patience testing bits. Okay. Um, it's too ambitious. Okay. If you're dealing with themes of memory and time and regret, you've got to find a way of streamlining that, mm. of focusing that. Yeah. Because all of a sudden they're reviewing a film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That no. goes on forever. It's yeah. like five to ten minutes of them reviewing this film. Yeah. 
Um, I get why the beat is there because you know it's calling back to like that book and you know mm. but then all of a sudden she's making feminist points yeah and it's like just focus Charlie Kaufman <laughs> yeah because it's one of the last scenes isn't it when she finally encounters the janitor and what she says to him like men only will only leave you alone if they think you're claimed by another man yes and it feels like that's going to be the final interaction in the film mm. and the film is making a point about female identity yeah but it's not no it's just in there yeah it's like you, there's too much stuff man you, there's too much you needed a, a script editor is what he needed yeah or a director that wasn't him <laughs> because his three best films weren't directed by him yeah. and his three worst films were okay alright um, I liked Anomalisa yeah it's fine but it's not certainly not his be- among his best work okay it's no Eternal Sunshine is it no nor is it being John Malkovich no I, it's, it's been too long since I've seen Adaptation, adaptation. yeah but uh, I did like Anomalisa for what it Adaptation is arch and knowing and self-aware and about big ideas mm. but it's fun yeah it's enjoyable mm. and he actually you know the whole point of adaptation is how the writer is above twists and deus ex machina and things like that but then ultimately the film does employ those things yeah it feels like now Charlie Kaufman thinks I'm above twists and so I can't do a straightforward psychological thriller that has this big twist at the end mm. I'm gonna do what I've done with I'm thinking of ending things yeah which is make a pulpy novel a two and a half hour thing art film <laughs> yeah I just feel I know you say you know other people might not know that that they're products of blood, but it just feel like for, for two and a half hours and a lot of it listening to two people talk in a car it needs to be a bit more profound than that okay but did you know you're just a product of everything you've ever read and seen yeah I, I did well I think that's a problem as well is that yeah I, that point still stands like there are people out there to whom this might be a revelation mm-hmm. like either the film itself or what the film is saying yeah. might be a revelation but I don't think that this is a good gateway film no, no it's no, not no. a good gateway into Charlie Kaufman and it's not a good gateway into surrealism it's too it requires too much I think it requires to, yeah you need to build up your patience to watch this film yeah yeah, it's definitely not an entry point um, I would something I would consider an achievement is you do lose all sense of time when you're watching it yeah that second car journey in particular I was like are we in the third act have we just started yeah. I genuinely don't know where we are yeah yeah well I think people will love it some people will love it some people will hate it oh yeah <laughs> um, and like you said I can't really argue either way if you're like I can't convince you out of that if you're into weirdness you're into it like, yeah. I can't convince you out of that I do think Charlie Kaufman needs mediation I think Kermode made the point that Netflix, they let directors make the film they want to make for okay. better and for worse. Yeah. Now, generally, I think we would champion this. Yeah, in theory, that sounds like a great in thing theory. to do. In the case of self-disciplined craftsmen, especially so, the downside of that is that the more out there minds aren't regulated. Mm. And that's an issue for writers like Charlie Kaufman. Because but then again, how many people are as out there as Charlie Kaufman? No, I know that. But this could have been great. I could have loved this film. If the film was... Um, like, that stuff in the house. Yeah, great. I, w- I want to revisit that. Yeah. But that's all I'd want to revisit. Right. And that's half of it, maybe. Yeah, if that. Um, it could have been great. It could have been an hour and a half great film. Mm. But he wasn't governed. Yeah. No, Nobody stepped in to say, maybe cut that bit. Yeah. Like, you know. It's purely an intellectual exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's entirely cerebral. The result being that film students and critics will worship it and people will hate it. Okay. Like I said, there are things about it that I liked, but I would be lying if I said I liked the film. 
I can't say that I liked it. Really. Yeah, like yeah. is a strong word. I I know what it's doing, or at least I feel comfortable knowing what it's doing. I yeah. know what I've taken away from it, and I'm happy with what I've taken away from it. Yeah, I appreciate it. But that's the thing. I've I've done that now. Yes, exactly. I've taken something away from it. There's nothing left. There's no reason for me to engage with that film again. Mm-hmm. If it was a good film on top of that, yeah. I'd have reason to go back and rewatch it. Yeah. But I don't really, you know? Yeah, one and done. That said, I am going to watch it again. Okay. I am going to watch because... Just to make sure that it is all the things that you think it is. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, I, I don't... We're not above it. We're not beneath it. You know, it's not like... It's just a shame, really. Because I really like Charlie Kaufman. Mm. But I like it when he's arbitrated. When his excess his access is arbitrated by more workmanlike directors who, who know how to put in effect what he wants to achieve mm. while still being engaging and entertaining. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I mean, Synecdoche, New York, it's hard to care about the characters. Anomalisa, I think I find it difficult to care about the characters in that. Okay. I did in this. But his earlier films where he was just writing, I didn't. Yeah, you give a you give a shit about the relationship between Jim Carrey and yeah the Dick heart Hunt. in that film. It's yeah. it's you know it's half heart half mind. It is it's intellectual and emotional, hmm. and he doesn't do emotional anymore. And I suspect he probably thinks he does. Okay, but I think he might think he's above it as well. I do wonder that 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 is sort of a question I would like to ask uh, Charlie Kaufman is like who do you, you think you are. <laughs> In, in, a, in a way yeah but you know if phrased more politely it'd be, yeah. it'd be more along the lines of do you find it difficult to deal with sort of simpler ideas yeah temper your impul- impulses yeah do you kind of start from a place of right this has to transcend mm. the genre that it's occupying or do you start with like you know a simple story and mm. then through um Impulse and through the feeling of oh, I'm Charlie Kaufman. I have to. Mm. I want to go above and beyond this. Mm-hmm. It usually ends up in the state that you know. Yeah. You end up with a. I think I'm, I'm thinking of ending things. I said to you, like my first question to him would be, do you think you're capable of doing an hour and a half genre piece? Mm. Think you could do that? Whether you want to or not is a different yeah. question. Yeah. Do you think it's even in you anymore? But like, you know, it could be an hour and a half. This could have been an hour and a half psychological horror that made the points he wanted to make. Yeah. It is a genre Yeah, thing. I feel like when the parents start aging and de-aging randomly... Yeah, it gets creepy as fuck. It gets and creepy as fuck, but also I feel like that's sort of, like, you know, that's... You're starting to make the point. Yeah, you're starting to make the point, and that's also pretty surreal. Yeah. You know, yeah. Th- there are more surreal things that happen later in the film, but yeah. I feel like it's surreal enough for a surrealist film, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, it should have been set in the house. It should have been, like, yeah. her unlocking various areas of the house, and each area like unlocked a part of the understanding of you know a memory or like you've 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 set up the basement as we don't go in the basement yeah and then the mother offhandedly just goes oh can you go to the basement for me and then she goes down there this is like around the halfway point yeah there's stuff in there that starts to like elucidate what's going on well her paintings are down there but they have jake's name on them right hers yes and other artists i think okay um yeah well she's just like taking it for herself yeah himself you know Mm. Yeah, realistically, Jake is the only character as an old man. Yeah, if that even is Jake. Yeah, I think it is. I think, well, my point being, like, Jake himself might be like, oh, he's imagining he's like this other guy that he knows. Yeah. This isn't like the janitor when he's younger. The only reason I'd say that is because Jake's, he, his identity remains constant, doesn't it? Yeah. Thinking about it. She, oh, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She changes a lot. Her name, her visage, everything. Mm. He's a constant. Yeah. So, yeah, I admire the effort. 
Um, oh yeah, absolutely. And the film itself, like as a film, it's yeah. fantastically made. Yes, yeah, it, really it, it well is made. faultless on a technical level. The script is a problem. It is. But if the script is is bad, it, it's all bad. Yeah. yeah, but it's not bad. It's it's just too much. It's just too much. That right? might be the best yeah. descriptor for it. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But it's still worthy of... It might still be worthy of your attention. Yeah, just for its craft, if nothing else. Yeah. To appreciate it. Just know. be aware that you might you might be done with this film before it's done with you. Yeah. If you can get through the first car ride happily, yeah. stick with it. If it starts to fray your patience a bit, this film isn't for you. Yeah. Because the second one, you'll kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that second car journey, I think, will genuinely kill off a lot of uh, people watching it. Yeah. They just won't make it through that car yeah. journey. I, I'd probably have struggled. I think if I was watching because we watched it together. Yeah. I think if I was watching it by myself, I would have paused it during that car journey and just gone and done something else. Yeah. I wouldn't have sat through it. Yeah, I, I get that. But the last thing, the film wants you to suffer it, doesn't it, in a way? Like, yeah. you've got to... It's the incremental... Um, mem- well, not mem- momentum. I suppose momentum. Just stuff. The density of it. Hmm keeps hitting you with waves of stuff I was like we're, we're getting there kind of yeah promise when we get there I already knew yeah not what the reveal was necessarily because when we first started talking about it you said oh it's in the janitor's mind and I felt like that was way too simple yeah I felt like that was way yeah, too simple yeah. as well but yeah. like I said nothing after yeah. I came to that conclusion made me go oh that's not correct I think it is that but in terms of what it was saying mm. I, I needed more than man we're all, the th- we're, we're all everything aren't we Okay. All right, Charlie Kaufman. <laughs> uh, ma- like, you can't make a bigger point. Maybe make a more a narrower point in your yeah. next film. Well, like I said, the, the, the specific point for me is it's a lament about wasting your life. Right. That's what this film is doing. It's lamenting yeah. a wasted life. Oh, it's a fucking bleak film. It's a very, yeah. He just dies at the end, right? Yeah. Hypothermia, I, I assume. Yeah, yeah. 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 Because the, the final shot is we have all this dreamlike stuff uh, as you head towards the light hallucinations and all that. Yeah. And then the last shot is just a static image of the next morning. The blizzard has passed and the car is just covered in snow. Yeah. So he's just gone in his car. And died of and, hypothermia. And died of hypothermia. Yeah. So incredible. It's, it's Charlie Kaufman. You know? <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. At least Eternal Sunshine, it kind of, kind of has a happy ending. Well, it does, but not really. <laughs> well, it's a perfect end. It's a bittersweet ending, isn't it? Yeah. Um, this is just bitter. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I suppose, yeah... Th- as a cautionary tale, don't waste your life. I suppose it's good in that sense. Yeah, but so Jesus, you don't end up like this guy, yeah. do you? Jesus, it makes you fucking miserable. Yeah, um, yeah. If it interests you, seek it out. Okay, is that it? This has been the most like wishy washy. Like, eh. So, what do you think of OnlyFans? Eh. What do you think of this film? Eh. Like, that's what this podcast feels conclusive like. Conclusive opinions about everything. Oh, okay. If you if you feel <laughs> satisfied, but they're they're adult conclusions. It's just like this bad, this good. Yeah. There are, it's life. There are layers upon layers. <laughs> and with that. <laughs> and with that. Bye. Bye. <laughs>